Hey everybody, what's going on? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pow Pow Media. Pow Pow Media is the premier video and production video marketing resource in the DFW area. They're going to create you some original video content for TV, film, internet distribution, whatever you need. If you're a small business, you need to check these guys out because the e-commerce videos that they make are extremely valuable and second to none in the area. They've been in business since 2000. They've created over 12,000 multimedia projects. They can do drone footage, uh, any kind of promo for an event or any kind of small business or a band, anything like that. I had one made. It's extremely professionally done. They have a really quick turnaround. It looks phenomenal. I love it, and I'll be using them again for sure. So check them out at powpowmedia.com and tell them I sent you. Let's go ahead and get started. And we are live. Welcome to this episode of the Slightly Chewed Podcast. My name is Chris Watson. I'm your host. With me today, uh, the great Ben Ryan from 95.9 The Ranch. Greatness. Great. Evening greatness. <laughs> yeah, I like it. What's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Glad I finally got in here. Yeah, me too. We've been talking about it for a while, and I'm, I'm glad that you finally could do it. Um, you and I hang out a lot, and uh, getting to do it in this in this setting is always different and fun. Not at the bar, and not, yeah. at, not neither of us are working. Well, you're kind of working. Yeah, bit. I don't know. I don't really consider this work. This is fun for me. Yeah, I mean, it, if you enjoy what you do, what do they say? You'll never work a day in your life or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they say that. But I will say this, not used to being on this side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm driving the truck today. I know. I don't have I don't have the control, so I don't know what to do with my hands. You don't have to do anything. You can hold the water bottle. That's I do that a lot. <laughs> Just hold it. I'm that way on stage. <laughs> if I don't have a guitar or a keyboard or something in front of me, mm-hmm. I'm I I don't have any idea what to do. I try. Mm-hmm. I try to make myself do it sometimes just just to get out of my comfort zone. Um but it's really, it's always awkward every time because I'll hold the mic and then I'll be like, this probably looks weird. And then I'll grab it in a different place and then this mic stand. And then I look like a stand-up comedian that's nervous and I don't know. I don't like it. Well, you know, whenever I go and um, <clears throat> do the stage intros at Billy Bob's, mm-hmm. I like to have a clipboard, something to hold on to yeah. and, and look at yeah. with all the notes on it and then also the mic and yeah. Yeah. It's a safety net. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Safety. I hide behind my guitar. I have one of the bigger guitars that you can buy because I like to stand behind it. Yeah. <laughs> my 335. It covers up a lot of my torso. Just well, in case something happens. You don't know. Well, you know, is, is it bulletproof just in case you make somebody mad? No, but that's a good idea. They should make bulletproof guitars. Yeah, yeah definitely. Since they took down all the chicken wire from all the clubs. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, what's going on Oh, in your no. world? Not a whole lot, just staying busy, you know. Uh, the Sunday send-off just extended to two hours. Yeah. Beginning this year. Picked up a title sponsor and... That's awesome. Now I have two guests each Sunday. Who's the sponsor? Lola's Trailer Park. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That new uh, back area that they've got is awesome. Yeah. It's yeah, really cool. That's that's the, actually the trailer park part of it. Yeah. So you got, you know, Lola's Saloon in the front, then right. the trailer park in the back, and, you know, they... They've been great with me so far. Yeah. And they've got some good music out there. Yeah, they do. Uh, unrelated, I play out there every now and then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a cool little area. They've got that little stage on the patio, and in the cold weather, it's wrapped up in plastic, so they've got the heaters. and They're actually putting garage doors on that. I saw that. Yeah. The last time I was there, the mm-hmm. frames were up, but the plastic was still up, too, so yeah. that'll be even better. Because it, it does get kind of cold out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the wind. Yeah, and, and the plastics are never really that... 
that good. They're better than nothing, but they're never fully. There's always like, I always manage to find it. There's a certain hole in the plastic and I always sit right next to that. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like a constant draft. I'm like, <coughs> golly. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's usually by the stage. They mm-hmm. don't put any heaters on, on the stage. I actually have a space heater and I brought it the last time I played up there. I set it next to myself and I was so proud of myself <laughs> for being unbelievably smart. Well, um, some people might not know, but uh, a while back, before I came back to the ranch, this is my second go around at the ranch. Yeah. Uh, before that, I was tour managing and uh, doing merch with Phil Hamilton. Right. We had a show at Roscoe Lumber Yard, mm-hmm. and um, it was freezing cold. And have you been to Lumber Yard? No. Okay. The inside's pretty tiny. It's pretty much a burger joint, and right. then they have a outside stage. Well, it was like 32 degrees outside, mm-hmm. and they were like, well, it's going to have to be outside because <laughs> we don't have a stage in here. And um, the guys had propane heaters on the stage right right, right next to him, and the wind was just whipping. And, and, of course, it was covered, and they had, you know, halfway wrapped, and I was right. outside of that wrap with the merch table and just the wind going right. in my face. <laughs> of and, course. Uh, I think I got sick after that, but yeah, that'll do I, it. I, I haven't seen heaters on a stage all that often, but they don't do that. It would make sense if you're if you have an outdoor venue because mm-hmm. you can't really predict. They're going to start doing outdoor shows at at the trailer park, I think, in March. Well, yeah, on, on the big stage, mm-hmm. uh, they had the wrap off on Saturday when Stedman and Larry Hooper were playing out there. Oh, good, mm-hmm. and it it was really nice. It was a pretty weather. nice weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot cold. of people came out and hung out. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that those big patios are conducive to mm-hmm. is even if it's, you know, even if there's nothing really going on, they'll get a lot of business out there. I played at Woodshed every Sunday for like four years mm-hmm. and it's all patio and, and even, you know, when nothing was happening, if it's a nice day, that's where people want to go. And that yeah. makes all, it makes a whole lot of sense, especially if you can still maintain it with garage doors on the inside during the winter Oh yeah, and not lose money. And you know, like this Woodshed becomes pretty useless about November, late November mm-hmm. to about early February because it's so cold outside. Nobody wants to go sit outside and I don't want to be playing, but I still have to go do it. But I mean, if it's freezing cold outside, I I love music, but I don't want to, you know, no. freeze my ass off. No, it's not worth it. And they like these, they like these fire pits that they, these like mobile wrought iron fire pits that they made. And mm. it's basically, it doesn't heat anything up as much as it just makes a lot of smoke because they use their wood for their barbecue pit. Mm-hmm in them and so it's you go home smelling like mesquite wood and you're not you weren't really that warm and you just smell i don't know but i don't i don't do that gig anymore but it was uh that's how it was i did a gig at the gas monkey in dallas before they opened the big inside part yeah. uh i was on that big outdoor stage with uh, mingo fish trap and no it wasn't mingo fish trap it was um the the rebirth brass band because I used to have horns in my oh, band. I remember that. Yeah, those were good days. The longer hair days. Those were long hair days. That's right. <laughs> long hair and horns and everything was was good. Yeah. I was also a lot fatter back then. <laughs> um, but it was uh, this was probably January, mid January of uh, two years ago, and it was literally on the 
on my phone it was like 34 degrees and they tried to wrap the whole back the whole area in plastic but you've been out there it's so big Mm -hmm. it's impossible to wrap that whole thing successfully so some of the panels of plastic were flapping into the stage and we had like nine people on stage and I brought this big jacket and I was like I'll probably take it off because it's got heaters and it's wrapped and I ended up putting on more (laughs) stuff and it was unbelievably cold but well I mean similar story with gas monkey um when I was still working for Phil, uh, we had a St. Patty's Day show out there. Mm-hmm. It was outside. They tried to wrap the patio, and they were selling VIP tickets for up top. But if you went up top, you couldn't see through the plastic. <laughs> and I was like, how does that right. work? Yeah. But no, I mean, we had to. <clears throat> we originally started loading in on the outside stage, mm-hmm. and it was just pouring down rain. And we ended up having to move everything to the inside stage. Like, they even had to move stuff because they had this big motorcycle. Like inside on. the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah, before the big venue opened mm-hmm. next door, yeah. And uh, they even had, like, they had to take that motorcycle off the stage right. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so we're, we were pushing cases to the outside stage, and it's pouring down rain. And then we had to turn around and push, push uh, cases to the inside stage. And, right. Oh, man. I my, my socks were... Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Wet socks is the worst. It it definitely, especially because it was kind of cold. I mean, yeah. it was for St. Patty's Day. It was pretty cold. Yeah. That's another but. thing that I was getting at a minute ago is that um, in the in March when they start doing the outdoor shows at the trailer park, it could be 80 degrees and it could be 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. And there's really no determination. Like this week, it, it was 80 something degrees four days ago. Yeah. And now it's it, like, I think the wind chill is like 38 right now. Yeah, rainy. I went to work last night without a jacket, and I walked out to go to my truck, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. what happened?" Yeah, so it's killing my killing my sinuses and allergies too. Yeah, you. I've been I've been at it since I think I I got I've been sick three times since December, and it's just been the same stuff, just drainage. Mm-hmm. And every time it does the forty degree, fifty degree jump, I just my body just goes nope. Not doing this. Sorry. Yep. yep. Mine, uh, mine normally starts up around ranch bash season. Every ranch bash, it never fails. Yeah. I get sick. Yeah. And this last one, I went and got two steroid shots <laughs> and a, and I had two different prescriptions. Had the hookup. Of course. Sounds like it. <laughs> and, uh, I need your doctor. I was, uh, I was still just feeling a little under the weather. By the end of the night, it was like, just being sick and yeah. being out and, you know, yeah. introing and all that kind of stuff and cutting Bonnie Bishop's set short on accident. Did not know I did that. You did. <laughs> Just walk out there and go, all right, thanks, well, everybody. You know, we have two stages. <laughs> and I, I I didn't hear anything from the other stage, and she was on the far stage, and I was about to bring on, I think, Flatland Cavalry or something like that. Yeah. And um, the, stage, the stage manager goes, go, go, go. And so I walk out, I was like, how we feel at Panther Island Pavilion, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I just start getting these texts from people that are that I know that are in the crowd. They're like, man, that that other girl that was playing, she's mad. <laughs> you cut you cut her set short. And I looked at my watch or my phone, and I was like, oh, by like 15 minutes. Whoa. I felt so bad. Like, I walked over there. I was like, Bonnie, I'm so sorry. Because yeah. I was so excited she was playing Ranch Bash. Right. Love Bonnie Bishop. Yeah, never again. And uh, we talked a few times after that, and I always apologized to her for it. She's like, we're good. We're good. And I was like, I just felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. But, oh. That's funny. It was a long day. She's awesome. She really is. She's really awesome. And she's a sweetheart, too. Yeah, she is. I got to hang out with her uh, at 
steamboat this year and just uh, she's just so cool and she's so unbelievably talented mm-hmm. there are a lot of talented people up there this year steamboat was a lot of fun i, well, was, you- I was talking about it with shane right before, the few days before i went up there and mm-hmm. i haven't done a, a show since then so mm. it was uh ah, it's been like a month since i've done one of these slacker i don't know what happened i was doing them all at once and then it's all that Topo Chico, man. I know. It makes you lazy. <laughs> it's just coursing through my veins. Do you see the two empty cases out there? No. I can't help myself. Man, I, you know, I, I try to buy cases of it, but between me and Jerry, it's gone between within two days. Yeah. You can buy a 12 pack uh, Topo Chico, and Jerry's like, hey, man, can I have some? Like, yeah. And then I'm taking them to work. And then yeah. Ron Moore at work, he's like, hey, can I have one of those? <laughs> right. <laughs> Ron likes the Topo. Hey. It's coming around. Yeah, I uh, I feel partly responsible. There's a handful of people around here that that have been uh, championing the Topo Chico. I feel like I'm one of them. I can't remember who got me into it. It may have been Jerry. Yeah, yeah. When we were you know on the row of Phil together because mm-hmm. he used to play fiddle for Phil, right? And of course now with Mike. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I love the Topo Chico, and uh, I know you're not drinking right now, mm-hmm. but. Topo Chico and whiskey. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on Topo Chico until I stopped drinking, and I used it as a as an alternative. To well, they holding. sell it at Mags. Well, they do, and I <laughs> and that's really the only place I hang out. And they, but it's a cold glass bottle, and that was kind of the alternative mm-hmm. to grabbing a beer or whatever for me. But I've I've been told by a lot of people that it mixes really well. Yes, and uh, I'm a big Tito's guy. That was kind of my my of choice and Tito's and Topo Chico are, are apparently are heavenly. I don't know. I, I haven't tried. I'm not very much of a vodka guy. Really? I mean, I had my, uh, had my, um, bouts, I guess you could say with it back when I was younger, hanging out in college station with some friends that were going to A&M. Yeah. And, uh, we would, I, I think the, the time that I decided it was enough vodka was whenever I decided to mix it with Gatorade. <laughs> terrible idea because you stay hydrated right yet you're and the, all the getting, sugar and, yeah and all of a sudden you're just like whoa what just happened <laughs> yeah and then you get drug out of the house <laughs> sometimes that happens not in a bad way it was sometimes that also happens <laughs> well that's a good reason to get dragged out of a house yeah yeah i guess so i don't know but yeah i've never yeah i don't know i didn't get to experience that but I, uh, it'll be a year on Saturday, on the 18th of February. It'll be a year that I quit drinking. Really? Yeah. There you go. It doesn't feel like a year. It felt like it dragged on a lot when I was first, the first few months of it, because there were a lot of, like, me just trying to figure out stuff. Yeah. And, of uh, course, you know, if you're hanging out, you know, say at Mags or something, yeah. and everybody's got a cold drink in their hand, of course, Yeah. You you want something to sip on, too. Yeah, and everyone's asking you why you're not. And that becomes uh, a thing. Mm-hmm. And you gotta, you gotta sit back and go. I don't have a problem. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, just leave me alone about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. That was always <laughs> the thing. Is that I, I don't ever feel like I did have a problem. I just, I just never. I didn't enjoy. I don't enjoy not being in control of my faculties. Mm. I don't enjoy any of the other things that I've tried uh, either. Because for that same reason, I just don't like. I don't like it. It's just yeah. not for me. And so I never drank to excess. I did sometimes. It was usually on accident when people would buy me shots. But because I lose track of how many I've had. But when you're playing, you know, I'd be playing five or six nights a week and I would get there. A three or four hour gig, you have to get there an hour, hour and a half early. Mm-hmm. You're usually there for an, at least an hour afterward. And that becomes a six or seven hour experience that you're in a bar. Yeah. And if you drink one drink an hour, that's still six or seven, eight drinks. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And yeah. that's a lot over the course of a day. That's a lot of drinks. So, but I would never get, you know, drunk or anything. And so that it was just a lot of calories and a lot of just alcohol. Cause it's yeah. not good for your system. No, <clears throat> excuse me. And it stays in there for a long time. And so I don't know. It was just, I just got tired of it. And I, I haven't felt as good as I feel now in years. Cause I've never taken more than a few days off from drinking mm-hmm. in since I was 19 and I had a fake ID. Sorry, mom. <laughs> well, I got mom on Facebook too, but yeah. I'll go ahead and say, yeah, I had one too. She listens to all my podcasts. So. Mom listens to, to my radio show <laughs> and she'll, she'll text me and be like, snake farm just sounds nasty. Like that, that and, and Brandy Clark's stripes are her two favorite songs. And it yeah. kind of worries me sometimes. Yeah. But I could do without ever hearing Snake Farm ever again. In oh, my life. Y- there's there's a really terrible version of it. it yeah. it's, it's called the Ranch Family Snake Farm. Yeah. Back many, many moons ago, whenever uh, <laughs> Music Series was still at uh, Ados. Right. And Ray Wiley Hubbard was headlining, and it was like right after Snake Farm came out. Right. And I, I don't know, who, I think it was Justin or maybe Jadar's idea to get everybody together and sing Snake Farm. <laughs> and I, you know, whenever we, we had the jet building renovated. Right. So they moved to the uh, Wells Fargo Tower. And then when they moved back to the jet building, transferring all that data back over, some files that had been deleted right. popped back up. And so I was searching Snake Farm to play for my mom. <laughs> and I saw Ranch Family Snake Farm. And in the notes, it said, do not ever play. And so I just, I was like, I I haven't heard this in forever. I sampled it and I go, Oh my God, no, terrible. <laughs> yeah. But that's funny. Um, that's the stuff you got to hang on to. Oh yeah. That'll no, be... I've, I've got copies of that. <laughs> good, good. Yes. That'll be gold at some point. Dude, I, you know, there's, there's some interesting files that we have out there. I believe that the ranch has been up for a while and mm-hmm. there's been a lot of goofy history that you guys have underwent. Yes. So, and of course, I stand by my word of the jet building being haunted. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yes, it is. And you know what? I heard that Justin and Charlie were giving me a hard time the other day <laughs> on the morning show, which, of course, <laughs> I sleep late because I have big dreams. And um, <laughs> That's a good excuse. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, Justin was there whenever we picked up some audio. Picked yeah. up audio? Yeah, we picked up audio. Tell me um, everything. Okay, so back, I think it was 2009... Uh, Justin was pre-recording a Texas Red Dirt Roads show, mm-hmm. and it was before it was as, uh, you know near as big as what it is now. Sure. And so him and I were down in the production studio in the basement, and there's like this little tiny file, like audio bit wave, and then his, which is like that. And so we we backed it up and we played it again, and it, it either said "and whenever you're ready" or "been whenever you're ready." Yeah. And it wasn't me that said it because I turned Justin's mic on, hit record, and pointed at him. Right. And I still have that piece of audio. And then there was another one from an on-air interview with Cleet Bradley. Yeah. Excuse me. And uh, you hear Cleet talking, and I go, and I just answered him, going, "Yeah, yeah." And um, right after that, it just sounds like Ben just creepy it doesn't like you then whatever it is i think it does like me because i'm always there at night maybe it's a fan of you yeah i showed the um shotgun rider and calamity janes on uh sunday during the sunday send-off yeah and they were like no no mm-mm, i'm getting out of here <laughs> dalton domino came by he's like i want to i want to go and, and find these ghosts and so he's down <laughs> in the basement like hollering at the ghosts i'm like don't piss them off man I, i'm the one that have to work you know late <laughs> night true. here by myself you have to deal with it yeah that's but, 
You don't want to aggravate them. I don't know. I do that. This house does things, weird things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pier and beam house. This part that we're in was an addition from like 10 years ago, so it's concrete. Oh. But uh, the the front, where that door is right there, yeah. was the back wall. And the rest of it's pier and beam. And it's so it's super hollow, and you can hear you know people walking mm-hmm. everywhere in the house. You can hear someone walking around. And there have been many times where my roommate plays for Turnpike Troubadours. He's mm-hmm. gone all the time. Yeah. And there will be many times where he's like, I'll be home this day in the afternoon or in the evening and I'll be back in my room on that day and I'll hear like someone walk through the kitchen and I'll go oh I guess he's home I didn't hear him come in and I'll come out and no one's here like you hear you know like the footsteps on the floor it's crazy that kind of stuff happens Um, there's uh, an attic uh, above my bedroom and I'll hear like creaks moving across the like there's something up there. I don't know. There's I'm I'm all about that stuff. I don't believe in it, but I enjoy the phenomenon of of it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. There are millions of I, I'm a firm believer in in what we perceive as reality is one, probably one millionth of what actual reality is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like microwaves flowing around and and internet and just a lot of things that we can't perceive. And I think that that's just part of it. And I just don't. I don't have any idea, but. I don't believe in ghosts per se, but yeah. I know that there's a ton of stuff happening that we're not privy to, mm-hmm. and uh, I so I enjoy thinking about that kind of stuff. Whenever you said microwaves flying around, I just thought about my microwave. Yeah, <laughs> well, in front of that us. would be a ghost for sure. <laughs> Some sort of poltergeist situation. Well, you know, Mike Crow, he's the program director for Hank FM, our sister station, and uh, he he tells me all the time, he's like, "There's not any ghosts down here." And one day he ran down the basement. He goes, "What are you doing?" Or something like that. And I go, I, uh, nothing. What are you talking about? And he goes, um, I, it sounds like somebody's running up and down the stairs. And it was just me and him there. Nobody else. And I was like, nah, man, I've been in here doing production. I haven't gone upstairs in about an hour. Yep. And he's like, oh, weird. And just turned around and walked off. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, ghost stories, flying microwaves. Yeah, I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't bother me, I guess. I'm not afraid of it. So I do that when like when Chelsea's here mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff happens like if we're in bed in my room or something and she hears a noise and it's obviously like something. It's not nothing. Yeah. I'll yell at it and be like, "Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Please." Like, I want to I want I Say want proof. Again. I'm not like threatening it, but like make the noise again. Like I want to, I want definitive proof. If you're doing, if there's something trying to make noise to contact me, I do it again. And it never does. And she's like, don't, don't do that. Don't egg it on. Don't antagonize it. Yeah. It's going to make you mad. It's going to come at you like spider monkey. Yeah. I don't know. Tickle you to death. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like being tickled. So that would (laughs) be a horrible death for me. Oh. Not into that. No, no, not so much. I have a personal bubble. You know, I do too. And, and some people, especially if people I don't know, when they walk up, they're like, ah! yeah, when they're, you know, three sheets of the wind. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I don't know. You get off me. Quit trying to kiss me. Right. <laughs> you know? I imagine that happens to you often. I, there's got to be a, a contingency of people who, who want to be friends with you. Uh, not only because of you as a person, but because of your status. And that would probably be something that would be difficult to deal with. I've never been famous enough to, to have that happen to me. So please tell me about how fame has affected your life and how difficult it is. Well, according to my mom, I've always been famous and handsome. Hey, my mom thinks I'm real cool, so I get that. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of funny, uh, you know... 
Okay. Uh, but, you know, Kit, sometimes there's a few folks that I went to high school with that'll come out of the woodworks and be like, hey, man, can I get backstage passes to Billy Bob's? I'm like, I haven't talked to you since Lincoln was in office. So what? I, I don't, I don't know. No, I can't do that. And besides, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but it's not just super easy to get backstage at Billy Bob's if you're not supposed to be back there. Right. So, um, you know, there's been a few people that have come out of the woodworks and, it wasn't so much the first time I was at the ranch, but um, since I've been back. And I can't fix it. It's going to be sideways. Deal with it. Uh-oh. It's sideways, and there's nothing I can do about it. I don't know Sitting why. sideways. I, yeah. Boys in the day. I don't know why it didn't, it didn't automatically orient. I can't fix it. Deal with it. Just uh, lay down <coughs> sideways. Yeah. Yeah, do that. <coughs> yeah. But no, there's definitely some people that whenever I go to certain places, I see them, and I go, I'm avoiding that area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I get that way. I'm super introverted. Um, and, and so I don't, I, I have a time limit, especially now that I don't drink being mm-hmm. in bars of how long before I get uncomfortable. Yeah. Shaking people's hands and hugging people and talking. And so I can't imagine that, that there are a lot of people that, that come at you because of your status on, and in your position, I mean, in yeah. your, and then they want to go, Hey, like, let's be friends so that maybe I have an inside track. So, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one story that happened, and it's it's kind of funny, but I got stuck in a situation where I was trying to escape. Uh, of course, it was Magnolia Motor Lounge. Right. And I Home think base. It, I think, yeah, of course. Somebody asked me if I had a hammock in the back there. I mean, they always have good music, and you never know who you're going to run into there. Yeah. It's um, a hub for musicians. That's why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. It's a great bar, and a lot of patrons you know, go there regularly, but musicians go there. Yeah. Like that's the place where musicians hang out, or at least the musicians that I know and I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, and so that makes it really comfortable for me to go in there. When you, you know, work the kind of schedule I do mm-hmm. and, you know, work in the, you know, industry like that, you know, you get to hang out, you know, those people are your friends. Like those are the guys you go and hang out with. Yeah. But, um, no, one night it was, I think the Reed brothers, maybe the Reed brothers or, I think that's what it was. Anyways, uh, Robin, you know Robin. Mm-hmm. There was this drunk cowboy, and he would not quit talking to her. Mm-hmm. And when I say drunk cowboy, I mean like this guy was wasted. Yeah. And I walked over, and I was about to say something to Robin. She goes, hey, do you like the ranch? And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I can't understand half what he's saying. Yeah. She goes, have you met Ben Ryan? <laughs> And he turned and looked at me, and his eyes were like, ah, and she just, she looked at me and smiled and walked off. And I'm looking at her just like flipping Genius. her the bird when the guy's not looking, like, thanks, Robin. I mean, I've, I've known Robin yeah. for, I don't know, probably going on almost 10 years now. Yeah. And she does things like that. Yeah. And it's it's real annoying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, I mean, if but you got to get out of something, that's the way to do it. It's all in love, and she's got payback coming. Sure. I'll, I'll get her back. Good. But, um, no. I just I, I go to mags and I get in my little corner and I people watch and I observe yeah. and I listen it's, to music. It's comfortable enough in there. Mm-hmm. People don't necessarily do that. I notice not I, I notice when, when a new artist comes around, mm-hmm. there's a certain grace period where they are overly chummy with everyone. You yes. know, that they that they feel like will help to advance their situation. But, you know, that is what it is. And maybe that's not a bad networking tool. I've never operated that way, but that's because I'm kind of a dick. So, yeah, it happens. You've, <laughs> you've always been nice to me. Well, or I'm to generally nice to people who are nice to me. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't go out of my way to become 
to, to be anyone that I'm not. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to rub me the wrong way and, mm-hmm. and get on my cold side. So you've never done that. So that's why I've always been nice to you. Well, and yay. So watch, I, would, I would hope you would tell me if I rubbed you the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, well, I would. So watch your back. You know what I mean? Well, um, there just... <laughs> in this lot of work, sometimes you just got to smile and nod, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you get that a lot. When you're playing shows and, and doing stuff, you get that a lot, too. I don't know. I always appreciate it. You know, and my, my favorite thing that people do uh, is when they come up and, and they want... People have an, a very unnecessary need to categorize things. And a lot of the times, I play a lot of solo shows, more than I play band shows. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will come up and say... Well, what do you? What kind of music do you play before you even start? Mm-hmm. And and I, my answer to that, a hundred percent of the time, is what kind of music do you like? And then they name off a bunch of stuff, and I go, great, it's kind of like that. And then they go, awesome, and then they <laughs> walk away, and I don't have to answer that question because I think that's a dumb question. But a lot of times, after they've heard you for a little while, people will come up to you, and they'll say, man, you sound a whole lot like John Mayer or whoever. Yeah, it it reminds them of at the time. And uh, it's not always a compliment uh, necessarily to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm not trying to sound like John Mayer, but you have to remember, or I have to remember that they're they're coming from a good place. They're not trying to insult me. They're trying to give me a compliment. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't agree with what they said, I have to remember that they're that's the best way that they have to describe what's going on in their brain. You know what I mean? So I have to definitely put people in that position and say, just say thank you. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate what you're saying. I get I get what you're trying to say, and I appreciate it. Awesome, thanks. And I I try to refrain. I, I used to do this more often, but I try to refrain from saying, "Hey, you sound like blah blah blah," right? Because you never know. They might hate blah blah blah. Yeah, and you never know. Uh, it, like the other night, I had Shotgun Rider in the studio, and you know they're a younger band. They just moved here, duo, and uh, they sound great. And the lead singer, he sounds like a young Gary Allen to me. Right. And I, I've i always liked Gary Allen personally. Right. And um, I wanted to say it on the air, but I didn't know how you'd take it because, you know, people have mixed emotions when it comes to, quote-unquote, mainstream, um, sure, quote-unquote, Nashville music. Right. Um, and, and Texas or Red Dirt music. So I was like, I told him that off the air, and he's like, oh, no, that's a compliment. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So that was the one time it went really well yeah. saying that. But I try to refrain from saying anything like that, you know, on the air or, you know, on stage or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's probably a good way to go about it. The general, general public and general population, they don't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to give you a compliment. And yeah. that's the only way they know how. They can't, in their minds, just saying, hey, man, you sound really great is not enough. Yeah. They need to be like, this guy's uber famous. You sound like that guy. Cause, cause look, look where he is. Yeah. Like you could be there. What do you, my favorite thing that people say that I used to get upset about and I don't anymore is like, what are you, why are you in this bar? Like you should be playing at like Granada theater or house of blues. What are you doing here? What are you doing in the corner of this bar by yourself playing for a couple hundred bucks? Like, yeah. You're so much better than that. And it's like, well, Sometimes you got to play. Maybe those you gigs. don't understand the, the 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 nature of the industry and how difficult it is to play those places only. Mm-hmm. That's a that's not easy to do. Yeah, I mean it's they mean it as a compliment, but that I don't consider that. It doesn't come off like a compliment. I know they mean it like that. that that's when you just you. 
this sounds kind of rude, but that's when you look at them, you give them your information, you say, all right, <laughs> yeah. you book the show. Yeah, call them. Yeah, here you go. Here's how much Booking I, is not an easy thing. Here's how much I need. You call You call House of Blues. It's yeah. not an easy thing. It's a, it's a full-time job for sure. Mm-hmm. I have done the last, I did the Black, White, and Gray record and all the touring I did on that record, I did it all myself yeah. without an agent. And it was one of the most time-consuming and difficult things I have ever tried to do. Yeah. I didn't realize that, I mean, I did realize but I didn't, I've never experienced on that level that it genuinely takes a team of people to keep a band busy. Yeah. I mean, as busy as we were, especially I, I saw, I, I don't know who it was that I think it was Kylie Ray Harris posted something about, and it was last night or today or something about, uh, if your management team is doing their job and your music's there, um, the tickets will sell itself. Yeah. And if you play a venue and the tickets don't sell, you're not doing it right. Right. Um, and I think they used Co Wetzel as an example. Uh, he's been selling out shows left and right lately. Yeah. And he's got a good management team and all that behind him. So, hey, you know, you got to have a full team. Yeah, you do. It takes a lot of people to do a lot of things that you don't even think about. Mm-hmm. You know, someone on the phone all week long, just cold calling, booking gigs, and and people doing promo stuff and spending the money and, and, and spending the time to create mm-hmm fresh posters and fresh things and all that. It just takes a lot of work. And I was trying to do it all myself and it's really hard to do. Yeah. You got to, you got to download that app and drag and drop the picture for the poster. I don't know. Who has time for that? Yeah. Well, but no, I mean, you don't just go and play a show and leave. No, there's a lot more, a lot more moving parts in it than just that. Yeah. But you know, that it it was fun being on the road with Phil and all them. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad to be back in radio. Yeah. Well, you're, you're more stationary, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, and I get to have a shower in my own bed every night. There you go. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Not a stinky van or bus. That is great. I uh, My van smells awful a lot of the time. Mostly it's just me in there, though, so I don't know what to make of that. Well, get some stomach medicine. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so those vans, they can get a little rank after a while. Yeah, they're pretty bad. But I've had mine for three a little over three years now and it's been through a lot we've done a hundred thousand miles right at a hundred thousand miles in three years and that's too many and i've sat in that driver's seat for most of them and it's contoured to my butt and it's great but <laughs> contoured it smells bad and that's just what it's going to be i don't know i would uh i've i've got some stuff coming up this year i'm going to try to do another record and get back at it and i'm not going to do it the way i did it that time it was too it was too stressful i'm going to mm-hmm. i'm going to shop it back out there and i've had some interest in some some people waiting for demos and things i just need to write stuff well, we do need some new Chris Watson music i think so mm-hmm. i don't know i did that americana record and i was very proud of it but that was not that was more of a vanity project mm-hmm. for me because I'm not I'm not a, a an acoustic singer songwriter type I don't think I'm more of a music person like I, in in terms of the the music side of it and the arrangement and the production that's yeah. that's where I really feel like I thrive and so that black white and gray record with all the horns and everything was that was kind of the me kind of jumping in feet first to that world and mm-hmm. writing horn parts and having a huge band and so i'm gonna go back to that to some sim- some form of that how many pieces was that band nine pieces oh, good at lord. its most good lord yeah it was uh really fun and it sounded really really good but 
Uh, it was obnoxious. It's also a lot of guys to pay. That's a lot of guys <laughs> to pay, and and that be, that kind of took care of itself after a little while. We you know the mm-hmm. shows were there, and and the money was there, and and we we did really well for two or three years, and or two years or so. And uh, what the the biggest issue with that is is the band is mine. Mm-hmm. I wrote all the songs, and then I gave them to them, and they learned them. We didn't write the songs together. Yeah, and so they're interest in the band was much lower than mine in terms of investment yeah. and and time and my name was on the bill it wasn't a band name for a band effort it was it was Chris Watson band it was my project and so the biggest issue that i ran into was was finding people who shared the vision that i shared uh without the investment that i had if that makes sense yeah and I'm- so so that was kind of the the thing and you have to kind of find people who's when you've got nine people in a van for three weeks plus a tour manager mm-hmm. and you've got ten nine or ten people in a van for three weeks you have to make sure everyone gets along you have to not you have to fight actively fight little cliques from forming and and this group excluding this group and just crap like yeah it's just human nature and so eventually we found a, a group of people who everyone got along with everyone there were no issues everyone always had fun everyone had the best interest in mind if we needed to do a show for cheap to open to get in front of a lot of people or it was a good show they were willing to do it because they understood that it was for the greater good. And, and yeah. so it, it took a little while to get to that point, but once we did, it worked out really well, but just hurting, hurting egos like cats is, it's really difficult to do sometimes. Well, I'm, I, I, tour managing, for example, yeah. is adult babysitting. Absolutely. And you're like, all right, time to go to bed. Everybody out the bus. Yeah. You know, you gotta be the, you gotta be the asshole. Yeah, you do. And you set, you set this time and, and then, if someone doesn't show up, you have to reprimand them. And they're like, wait a second, I'm an adult. You don't get to reprimand me. And you go, well, I'm kind of your boss. You kind of have to do what I say. I know we're buddies, but like I had that happen. We were on the road somewhere and we had a like a seven hour drive to get to a sound check. So we had to go like right then. Mm-hmm. And I set this this van call and it was at like nine in the morning. Everyone get in the van. We're going to leave at nine. So be in the van at nine. Cause we have to go. And one guy wasn't in the van and I had to call him. He was in his hotel room and uh, I woke him up with the phone call at like nine Oh five. And I was like, Hey man, like we got to go right now. So yeah. pack your shit up. Like we need to leave right now. And he was like, well, I'm going to take a shower real quick. And I was like, no, you're not going to take a shower real quick. We got to go. And he, and he did. And so we didn't leave until like nine 30. And when he finally got in, I said, first of all, why did it take you so long to take a shower? He took like a 15-minute shower. What took you so long? Why are you not ready? And he was like, well, I mean, I, I had to take a shower. I was like, well, then get up at 845. Like, what do you – it doesn't work that way. And I just – and my explaining it to him from that position only received looks of, I don't understand what the problem is. I'm here now. And it was just yeah. this whole thing of like I wasn't enough of an authority figure. I don't know. It was weird. That was that was one that sticks out in my brain the most. It's that's like that. That's when you bring up the uh, remember the Titan speech. This is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. Yeah, I am the law. Yeah, I, I've had to tell people that a lot lately. Yeah. Um. You know, we've got the the chat room on the station, uh-huh. and there's this troll that keeps coming in and just like poking at all the other people that are just <laughs> trying to talk about music. Yeah. And, and you know, they're responding to this troll, 
and I'll just I'll continuously just kick this guy out. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, well they're they're responding to me. Why don't you kick them out? And I'll just copy and paste a link to that video. I'm like, yeah. from seven to midnight, these are the rules. Yeah, yeah. And I put like five Z's behind rules. Right. Because that means it's more intense. Totally more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't take it seriously unless it had five Z's. Five or six, you know. Yeah. Maybe six even is, seven. Uh, so that's a lot. Okay. We'll stick with five. Five's good. Five point five. Mm. Okay. Can you have half a Z? Like a lowercase Z. Uh, Boom. Five uppercase Cs and one lowercase yep, C. Yep, yep. Nah, nah, that looks like he just messed up. I don't know. Getting sidetracked. <laughs> That's the point of this podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you're doing you're doing something in a few months. I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. The uh, the the show you're putting together? Oh. Is that something that you want to talk about? Uh not at the moment. Okay. That's still something that, that that's still something that's in the works. I meant to ask you about that before we got started. Yeah. So well, nothing's happening. There's nothing going on. Don't folks. worry. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No, I just had an idea for something pretty cool and there's some some people that are on board. Actually quite a few people on board. So yeah. uh we're still still working on it, but we'll keep an eye out for that then. Yes, people. yes, definitely. When does Ranch Bat or uh Ranch Music Series start back up? You know, I'm not sure the exact date. I haven't, um, if that email came through, I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. but I know they are working on the lineup and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Cause I, I think, um, things going to be, you know, pretty big this year. Yeah. There've been a lot of people kind of rising to the top mm-hmm. within the last six or eight months. Oh yeah. So there and, will be a lot of fresh faces. I know there were a lot of repeats mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. So there should be a lot of fresh faces. Yeah. And you know, there's just there there's so much talent out there that that's been untapped so mm-hmm. far so to speak and you know Justin and Shane are working with uh Marsha Milam mm-hmm. to get the get it all uh put together and booked up so mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be pretty good this year yeah I'm sure it will it's been pretty good for a while and so. of course you know we did um we worked with Lola's uh Lola uh, Lola's trailer park put on a music series into mm-hmm. last year yep. and that one went really well as well you know we had uh i think the first one was cody canada and summer dean yeah and um you know had charlie rob out there and just all sorts of stuff i mean it was a lot of fun because yeah. you got your your local talent and uh you know your big headliners that have been mm-hmm. around forever mm-hmm. so yeah that's always a good system mm-hmm. introduce introduce your local people to to people who are already out there primed and ready to hear music mm-hmm. that's always a good way to go and, you know, I'm hoping to see uh, a few of the Sunday send-off artists on mm-hmm. that on that bill as yeah, well. I'm hopefully. hoping to see that. And, you know, just looking forward to it. The only thing I will say is it gets really hot out there. It does. And being out there for six hours mm-hmm. and, you know, towards the end of the night when all the college kids are hammered drunk. And, oh, yeah. Man, last year this guy, he, he like, went to lean on my broadcast booth. And I go, hey, man, don't lean on it. It's not that stable. And he goes, okay. Well, then I'm going on the air. I'm like, sound of Texas. And then all of a sudden the guy leans and the whole thing fell on top of me. (laughs) And I grabbed the mic and I'm holding him up with one hand. I'm holding the mic and I'm live on the air. And like, we don't have a delay or a dump. And I'm glad I wasn't like, shit. (laughs) Right. But luckily, you know, he fell on it. I kind of caught him and my leg caught the broadcast booth. And so long story short, folks, don't lean on broadcast booths. Yeah. You never know. Especially when I'm live on the air. Especially. Uh, and this this one girl came up. She goes, she was wasted. She's like, I work for this TV station. Can you let me on the radio? And I go, what do you do for a TV station? I'm an intern. 
no <laughs> that, not, that warrants radio time clearly yeah yeah it's like well you surprised you didn't do it no yeah totally you know hammer drunk chick yeah the equivalent to that in my world of, of hey can i play your guitar is that yeah it's <laughs> hey someone will come up to the stage between songs sometimes even during a song and they'll say hey uh, my friend over there is a really good singer do you mind if she gets up and sings a song with you and i go no, like that's not happening. We're no. not doing that. She's really, really good. Like I'm totally serious. She's really good. Is this her mom telling you that? Sometimes it is. <laughs> Sometimes it's their drunk friend. And I I just like, no, like what do you think is happening right now? Like I don't understand. Like, I never understand. This is my job. Says. I don't come to your job and ask to do it. Yeah, or just go. Well, unless they're a checker at Walmart. Sometimes you got to do the self-checkout. Yeah, but you yeah. don't ask to do that. No. Sometimes you have to do that. The Kroger next to my house over here, they'll shut down all their manual registers or all their human-operated registers mm-hmm. at like 9 o'clock. So if you go after that, you have to check yourself out. Well, I I was I, I cooked last night when I got off work, but I had to go by Walmart and get the uh, ingredients for mm-hmm. what I was making. What'd you make? Poppy seed chicken. Really? Mm-hmm. How was it? Delicious. <laughs> you can ask Jerry. He had some too. I will. Um, Check these facts. Yes, it's really good. It's really easy to make. Great bachelor food because it's it's essentially a casserole <laughs> that's going to last all week. Nice. But I'm um, really into slow cooking for that exact reason. Jerry got a crock pot. He's been so excited about it's it. It's awesome. And we try to do cooking with Ben and Jerry. We, <laughs> I saw, we don't I saw make that. Uh, we don't make ice cream though. No, we uh, could. But, <laughs> I made. Do you have you seen that that uh, in the video that's going around where you can make ice cream in a baggie? Okay. All right. Here's the thing. I saw this on Facebook and I did it and it works. It was not amazing, but it works. Okay. So you get the ingredients. It's like cream, vanilla extract, and something else, and you put it in a sandwich bag. And then you get a bigger bag, like a gallon-sized bag. You fill it with ice cubes mm-hmm. and salt. Because so essentially, it's like a, a kind of like a, a, I don't know, the ice cream maker deal. It's the same concept. Yeah, it's the same concept. But then you shake it for 10 minutes. So it, and then it, it, rather than a shake weight, yeah, you make ice cream. I made ice cream. Yeah. They should put ice cream mix inside of a shake weight. I, th- <laughs> I would buy that. I think that that... It, that would look kind of weird. Make your own single <laughs> servings. And then there's a little hole at the end and you just pour it out. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Speaking of, across the way from the ranch on the third floor, there's an office that always has their windows open. And I was uh, waving at them one day and one of the ladies, I guess, had a shake weight up there and she started shaking it in a provocative manner. <laughs> it's, there's no other way to use a shake weight. I mean, you saw the South Park episode, I'm sure. I did. But um, I did a couple times. Yeah, oh, man, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Walmart. So I went there last night. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the only person that was checking people out was the twenty items or less, and I had like twenty two items. Mm, that's and, a, that's a issue. You know, I'm not getting paid by Walmart to be a cashier, so I'm not going to use a self checkout. When I have 22 items. And the lady behind me didn't seem too happy because I had more than 20 items. She counting your shit? I th- I'm pretty sure she did. She was looking at me like... Those people mm-hmm. are the worst. Like, those are people get who... Get over yourself. It's it's 1230 at night. Those are the same people who enforce HOA rules. Oh, my dad had a, had a heyday with HOA at their neighborhood. Those things... It's the most useless thing that's ever been It's invented. a waste of space. I mean, it's horrible. They're, they, I mean, they think they're 
the law. They think that. Yeah. And that's why they do it. It's generally older people who have nothing better to do mm-hmm. than to tell you what you can and can't do with your property. And it's horrible. My parents it. redid their flower bed and uh, to make it look nicer. And they got a letter from HOA saying, you did not get permission to do this. And I'm sitting there thinking... Get permission to, to change your own mm-hmm. flower bed in yeah. your house. They're also... Uh, their HOA says no... Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's no re, no religion stuff on your doorstep or on your you know front of your house, and so my mom, wow. <clears throat> my parents are very Southern Baptist, right? And my mom got a big rock with a scripture on it and mm-hmm. put it right there, right? So they haven't said anything about it, but you know, <laughs> dad will. dad's had his bouts with HOA and you know, a waste of space if you ask me. It's an unbelievable. Uh, intrusion mm-hmm. onto your onto your rights, and it, it's totally useless. I understand the concept, mm-hmm. but when you put when you put everyone in charge of it, not everyone's opinions of what you can and can't do align. Obviously, we see yeah. that every day in the news. And so, like, who's right? Who gets to be right? And it's usually the person who complains the most and the loudest that gets to end up being right. Yeah. And that's a terrible way to go about it. I understand my brother's an architect, for example, mm-hmm. and he has been tasked with multiple uh, subdivisions, uh, development subdivisions, with uh, choosing their architectural rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, like, some of them have been, you have, you can't, be able to see your garage door from the street. So you either have to have it, the garage door on the back, or if it's on the side, you have to have a wing wall coming down, things like that. And, and that's a uniform, Hmm. you know, you can't paint your brick this color or you can't have this type of roof. It's a uniformity for the neighborhood Hmm. and it's decided upon by the developers, the architects and the home builders. They all get together and they make these decisions. And then the 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 subdivision architect gets to enforce all of that. He gets to approve all the plans and approve all the things. I understand that because they've all agreed upon it. They've all gotten together and said yes to this, no to this. That's cool. But when the old lady across the street tells me that I can't put a rock in my front yard because it has scripture on it and that may be offensive to someone, yeah, that's too far. Mm-hmm. That's too much to me. Yeah, or change my flower beds for the better. Yeah, I mean, that's th- too th- far. Their, it's too their much. flower beds didn't look bad to begin with, but I mean, they look a lot better now. Well, they're gonna have to change them back because old lady didn't like it. Well, I, th- I think dad dad's final words on that were, "I spent how many thousands of dollars on this house of yeah. my own money? Don't yeah. tell me how to work it." Exactly. So, exactly. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous, but you know the the um, homeowners associations they can tell you what you can and can't do with your own house, but they can't keep the dogs across the street to, from barking <laughs> right all night long. Yeah, I got one next door. Oh, no. Right here, if you go outside or make any noise at all, that dog will bark for five minutes. Mm, and they yeah. pull the dog in at 10 o'clock, which is the noise ordinance time. Yeah. And and so you can't do anything about it until then. And it drives me crazy. It makes me absolute, just barks all day long. That's ridiculous. It makes me crazy. I don't know. And there's nothing you can do about it because they're not, you know, they're not abusing the dog. It just doesn't like to see things or hear things. <laughs> I don't like anything, so I'm just going to bark. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. My... My dog doesn't bark too much. Uh, you ring ring the doorbell, knock on the door. And That's bark. a pretty standard dog thing. Yeah, he didn't used to do that, but it's. I think he's taken after my roommate's dog a little bit. Yeah, 
but they'll do that. Yeah, my dog's lazy. He likes to lay around, ex- <laughs> except for this morning. Had yeah. me up all morning. Sick dog. Yeah, he was sick, but Jerry's watching him now, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure it'll be all right. Dog, yeah. dog issues come and go pretty quickly. Yeah, and I mean, I I stayed up with him for a couple hours this morning, just making sure he was okay. And you know, we both kind of fell asleep at the same time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I had there was one night. It was probably four or five in the morning. My dog woke me up screaming bloody murder. Mm-hmm. I thought she her uh, uh, something had ruptured inside of her. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with yeah. her, and she was she wasn't limping and. I, she was just screaming her head off. So I took her outside and I was feeling her, you know, for, for any kind of abnormality. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she let out the biggest fart (laughs) I have ever heard from a dog (laughs) and it was disgusting (laughs) and it smelled bad (laughs) and it was long (laughs) and, uh, she had a gas bubble that had gotten, it created some discomfort and gotten stuck. That's happened to me before where I thought my <laughs> appendix had ruptured or something had happened. Hey, it happens. Sometimes you got to get it out. But it was a gas bubble. Yeah. You have to lay kind of downward dog and put your ass up in the air and then it works its way out. <laughs> or you just sit there and do the whole. Yeah. 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 That works. But sometimes too. you got to put your ass up in the air and let hot air rise. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Maybe you don't. I don't know. <laughs> Downward dog. Sometimes that's what you got to do. So that's what happened. It was pretty awful. She also does this thing called reverse sneezing. Have you experienced that with your dog? It's a real thing. It's a it's a pretty common thing. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. What it is basically is it's a, some sort of allergic reaction in the same way that something gets in your nose and you sneeze. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, because dogs sneeze all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes... Uh, there will be this inverse reaction, uh, and it's totally involuntary <laughs> where they will sneeze or they'll, they'll inhale real fast in their nose and exhale through their mouth real fast. And it looks to be extremely uncomfortable. I think Wiley's done that a few times. And it's basically some sort of, uh, drainage issue in their throat. My dog has allergies really bad. Mm-hmm. So she's drainage all year. She does it multiple times a week yeah and i the first time it happened again was at like four in the morning and it woke me up i thought she was choking Mm because i had no idea what that was she was probably two years old before it happened for the first time and uh freaked me out i was about to take her to the vet like the emergency vet and i i got on my computer real fast and googled it like what is this breathing in through the nose exhaling through the mouth and it apparently is this super common thing and what you have to do is you have to rub their throat Mm-hmm. And get them to just swallow until they swallow all the drainage down, and then it stops. Well, that's kind of sounds kind of like what what happened to Wiley this morning. I mean, he he woke me up. I thought he was choking, mm-hmm. and so like I I wake up and my dog's choking. I was like, oh, what the hell, you know? Yeah. So I was like, you okay, buddy? You okay? Blah blah. You know, just checking on him, and he he was still breathing. Mm-hmm. Like I felt in front of his nose and yeah. all that, and he was still breathing. So I knew he wasn't choking, choking, but. You know, he was just, I don't know, he was having a hard time, so I, uh, yeah. I just kind of gave him a belly rub and, you know. <laughs> that fixes everything. Took, took him outside and he was, <laughs> I mean, he kept doing it for a while. Like I said, I talked to a friend of mine that works at a veterinary office and she was saying, you know, just kind of keep an eye on him a couple yeah. hours. If, you know, if it keeps up, take him to a clinic, but uh, it started clearing up before I headed over here. And yeah. 
Like I said, Jerry's watching him. Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Yeah, he likes Uncle Jerry because Uncle Jerry gives him cheese. <laughs> it's funny. He'll be like, watch this. Watch this. He'll take Parmesan cheese and just sprinkle it on the ground. And Wally and, the, and Rusty will just <laughs> go crazy after it. But yeah. I'm like, Jerry, no. No more cheese. Dogs like cheese. Oh, Wally loves cheese. Dogs like cheese. My dog likes ice cubes. She eats ice cubes. I've seen that. As if they were treats. I've seen like, some dogs like that. She loves it. And it's great. She's got a super sensitive stomach, so I can't give her any kind of food mm-hmm. outside of her, her dog food and then yeah. milk bone treats and these dental bones. That's all I can give her because she'll throw anything else up. So ice cubes, she thinks they're treats. She loves them. <laughs> and she gets excited and is like, like free treats. about it. Yeah, and it's just water. She loves it. She's part husky, so I think she likes, oh, okay. she likes the cold uh, of it because she loves the snow when it gets super cold and snowy she'll just go lay in it for a couple hours she loves it not wiley he's um he's part lazy and i've heard of that breed yeah yeah no i'm actually his uh fourth owner Hmm. he had several abusive homes and uh i adopted him when he was five wow so yeah he likes um He's definitely gotten used to being taken care of because he got my parents bought him a dog bed that has memory foam in it. Nice. I don't even have memory foam in my bed. Me neither. And I don't think I'd ever buy it, but no. he, he loves that bed. Did you ever sleep on it? Um, or at least lay down on it, see what it was like. I've like touched it to see how soft it was. Now, I will say this. You should take a nap on it someday. Uh, Jerry has gotten down there and pet Wiley and just kind of laid his head on the side. But I'm like, hey, is that comfortable? No, because we got tile floors. But no, the other dog, he's uh, part Husky and part Great Pyrenees. Oh, wow. So he'll just sprawl out on the tile floor in the wintertime and just be like, oh, it's so cold. Yeah. And I can't ever get that dog to come inside. Yeah. Just doesn't listen to me. Yeah. And likes the cold. Huskies are notoriously uh, stubborn. You have to, you have to earn your position. Yeah. Of of the alpha in a husky's mind, you mm-hmm. don't they don't just give it to you, and so you have to. I have to constantly assert myself over my dog and be like, I'm in charge. Like yeah. I'll, <laughs> you're not get you don't get to dictate this. Like I get to dictate this, and then she ends up dictating it anyway. But yeah, I I uh, dated a girl, and her roommate had a husky puppy. I think I think his name was Kita or something like that. And <clears throat> when I would. excuse me, when I'd stay over there, you know, her roommate would go to work early in the morning and that dog, as soon as she left, just all morning long. I'm like, God, you gotta, (laughs) (laughs) which I think they ended up getting kicked out of the apartments because for some reason, Huskies aren't approved breeds for some places. They can be aggressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've, that's never happened to me, but Huskies are on the list of aggressive breeds. I've never had a husky be aggressive to me. Now a Australian shepherd latched onto my thumb one time. Mm. And that was great. I ran out of Scooby Snacks. Mm. Literally they're called Scooby Snacks. Yeah. <coughs> that sounds terrible. I've I've heard that my dog looks enough like a lab mm-hmm. that I don't I just say she's a lab. Yeah. I don't ever mess with that. In the apartments that I've lived in with her. That's what I always said cuz they were on the list. Huskies were on the list. Well, and something else about, you know, finding an apartment and dogs and whatnot is, is, um, weight, weight, uh, of the mm-hmm. dog that's allowed. Mm-hmm. 
Because uh, before I was living where I am now, you know, Jerry and I were looking for a place, and we'd find something really nice that was affordable, and then I'd say, what's your pet policy? Yeah. Oh, no dogs over 25 pounds. Right. It's like, okay, so I can have, like, a cat, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Wiley's about 40 pounds. Yeah. So he, he falls under that category of not being allowed at a lot of places. Yeah. But. She's, my dog's about 85 pounds, and... She's so I lie. I always I think the last apartments I lived in the fifty was the max, so I put like forty eight. They didn't check, they didn't care. Yeah. But that was what I put. Lab well, forty eight pounds for an eighty five pound husky mix. <laughs> the 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 best response I had, I don't remember the name of apartment complex, but they royally pissed me off. They um I asked them what their pet policy was, and they go, uh you need to bring the dog by and let us interact with it right. with another dog. Right. And I was like, why does my dog need to interact with your dog to see if he well, he can live in this apartment complex? Because they're not going to be in the same apartment right. as each other. Right. And my dog is always on a leash when we're outside. She's like, well, you got to make sure it's a nice dog. I go, well, if I bring my dog to a place where another dog already calls home, you know, there's always a, already a dominance there, right. you know? Yeah. So I don't think it would be a very wise idea. I don't think that's a very good system. And she was just like, well, that's how it is. I was like, okay, bye. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. That's never a good idea. My dog is not aggressive at all, but if, if another dog comes into our house, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to, she's going to make sure that dog knows that she's, this is her house. You know, she's not going to bite it, but she's going to let it know. Yeah. That's dog stuff. Yeah. Standard dog things. Yeah, pre- pretty standard, pretty standard. But no, Wiley just lays around, yep. and he listens to music. Yep, dogs are awesome. <laughs> yeah. My dogs, she'll be eight in the spring, and uh, she's pretty cool. I've had her since she was about a, she was like a month and a half old when I got her. Wiley's birthday is the day after mine, which yep. is really weird. So. It is weird. Like yeah. it was almost meant to be. It was. I actually, whenever I adopted him, I was going up to look at a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, puppy because I had one when I was a kid and the German Shepherd didn't give me the time of day and Wiley just followed me around Yeah, and back then his name was Red and it was too cliche so I had to change it <laughs> Yeah. so his tag actually says Red Wiley because he was used to Red for a while and trying to convert it over to Wiley but yeah. now he knows Wiley yeah. so. that's good and the, the last vet I took him to they spelled his name wrong hmm. Yeah. Wiley's not a difficult name to spell it's W Y L I E, and they spelled it I L E Y. Oh, yeah, like the coyote. Yeah, I kind of named him after Ray Wiley Hubbard. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> yeah, but girl I was dating at the time named my dog uh, very insistently. Oh, so okay, that's stuck. That's always fun. I can live with it. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. what else is new with you? Nothing, really. Uh, Look at me. I'm, I'm trying to interview you now. Yeah. I'm, I'll I'm allow sorry. It, I'll allow it for just a second. I uh, Just because I like to talk about myself. I well, who doesn't? I have been playing with Zach Wilkerson since July. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I remember you talking about that recently. Yeah. And I'm my last gig with him is on Friday at oh. uh, Dan Silverleaf in Denton. I'm going to jump back into the doing my own stuff. I got mm-hmm. out of it what I needed to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, which was enjoying, first of all, Zach's a great friend of mine. I've known him forever, and it's been great getting to hang out with him and play music with him because he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so that was 
a big part of it. But the other part of it was I uh, just got really, I was in a really weird place a year or so ago, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the catalyst to stopping drinking, which was the catalyst to stopping running my own band. I was, uh, I was just in a really weird spot. I was kind of spiraling. I was considering quitting altogether. Ended up making that Americana record and uh, just kind of on a whim as as a vanity project. And, uh, and then I realized when I put that record out about April that that wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I decided to stop, and I played with Dalton Domino for a month and a half or so. Didn't he always introduce you by a different name? Every every time. Yeah. Uh, he would pick out tour managers from other people's bands and other names. I think and... my favorite one was y'all were play, you were playing <laughs> yeah. Rock of the River with him, and yeah. Kel Moreland was out there, and they're like, oh, on the keys, Kel Moreland. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh... He would make it a point to say, to introduce me four or five times in the set <laughs> as different names every time. We know what Ron Swanson says. People get a little too chummy, call them by the wrong name <laughs> right. to let them know they're not important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe that's what he was doing. That is, see, Dalton quit being a guy. I know. How rude. Ass. But yeah, it became it became pretty entertaining. And uh, that show, that particular show, that Rock in the River show, we all ended up wearing cut off t-shirts. He, he, he put this, of course. Un- he put this band uniform together like as we're walking on stage. <laughs> he had all these just overly cut off t-shirts was that where the mike ryan like mid drift showing thing okay yeah because that popped up on my yeah time hop on uh facebook or whatever the yeah. other day so that was fun uh that was a fun show but i i left uh playing with him to go play with zach full-time mm-hmm. uh which was a really easy transition musically for me because zach and i play a fairly similar style yeah and uh, I was playing a lot of organ, and which was fun for me. I really wanted to play a lot more keys. Um, but I'm leaving Zach uh, this week. Friday will be my last gig at Dan Silverleaf in Denton, and was, uh, my band is opening for his band, mm-hmm. which will be a lot of fun um, up there. So I'm doing that, and then I'm gonna. I've been booking a lot of shows for myself, uh, just trying to figure out if that's what I want to do again. Do another record. I think I want to do another record. I don't have any money, so that makes it really difficult to record a record. Eh, just rob a bank. Uh, well, I can do it here. That was a big thing. <laughs> I've been gathering up recording equipment, and I've I'm actually uh, almost finished with a, a song for St- uh, Skylar Payne. No, oh, nice. Uh, that before you said goodbye song mm-hmm. that he wrote. I just think it's a phenomenal song, and I'm just waiting on uh, someone. Uh, Brooke Wallace, I think, agreed to do fiddle on it, or maybe I'll call Jerry or somebody. Um, I feel like I heard this the other day. I don't know. I, did you talk about this recently? I talked about it with Shane when okay. he was on the show. Because I did listen. Uh, I I listened to that one the other night to kind of see what you know what it was all about. Yeah, and um, you know from a non musician standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think so. The song is great. It turned out really good. I'm really proud of the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. I you know I did a lot of work in the in the mix, and uh, I'll send it off to get mastered. And I'm really proud of it. Um, Skylar's got some talent. He's got a lot of talent. He's figuring himself out, Mm -hmm. and uh, people are starting to recognize that. And I think that's really cool. But uh, I so that all that to say is that I have the capability to record an album here if I want to, and I may explore that um, because I've already I've got all the equipment. So the rest of it is just time, and it doesn't cost me any more money. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm just kind of in in a place right now for myself where I'm I'm enjoying playing music again, uh, and I. I just, I'm just kind of seeing what happens. If someone wants to hire me 
to be in their band for a couple of months or for a tour or for a little while. I'm always open to that. I'm just in this freelance mode right now. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of Zach, um, back when I was still in San Angelo, I ran into him. I don't know how I came across him. Oh, I remember. Um, a guy, what was his name? Bryce, my buddy Bryce. Mm-hmm. He had moved out to Canyon, I think it was. And um, he he goes, you got to check this guy out. His name's Zach Wilkerson. He's really good. He plays out here quite a bit. And so I checked him out, and I was like, God, this guy is good. Mm-hmm. And then I met him at uh, in person at Larry Joe Taylor one year. With um, he had Casey Berry with him, mm-hmm. and he just walked up and he goes, "Hey, here's the CD, man!" And it was just like 18 acoustic tracks, mm-hmm. and he only had a handful of them. And I listened literally. I got home and I listened to that CD, just like hanging out yeah. at the house, probably three or four times through, yeah, just in one sitting. That's cool. And uh, seeing all his success lately, it's just been great. And yeah. uh, whenever I was, you know, still on the road with Phil, uh, Zach opened for Phil up there in uh, Amarillo. And just killed it. It was my first time seeing him full band. Mm-hmm. And man, guy's got some talent. He really does. He's got some pipes. He's got some pipes, mm-hmm. and he's a good writer, and, and he's got a great attitude. And he's uh, he's on the way up for sure. It's been a fun ride. I've been with him since July. Now it's been a fun, you know, mm-hmm. eight or nine months. So I uh, he's going to continue to do well. I think he's already got another keyboard player lined up. So nice. He'll uh, just continue on. Life goes on, but. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's been a fun, it's been a fun time with him and, and getting to play some venues that I hadn't played before and going up to Steamboat, uh, with his band and not mine was awesome. So much <laughs> less stress for me, you know, dealing yeah. with all that. So I, I just you don't have to, to coordinate everything. No, I just got to hang out. Just be here at this time. Awesome. <laughs> not, not having advanced shows on the way up, make sure yeah. it pays right. And- yeah. And I still got to get all the free stuff. No, that's nice. And, <laughs> get you a fancy little vest. I got me a little vest, and I got uh, they were giving away little Yeti cups, like little small uh, cups. The, the little, uh, what do they call those? Uh, rocker tumbler, I don't know. Yeah, Rockefeller, yeah. I don't know, whatever. The, the, the little rocks glass. The, the whiskey one. sipper. Yeah, and uh, I put coffee in it. Yeah. So there's that. Well, I've got a Yeti, and it's not something, <clears throat> I, I don't really buy expensive things like that. Yeah. One, because I work in radio and don't make that much money. <laughs> but two, you know, I just, I've, I've got a regular cup and I feel like if, if you, if it's taking you that long to drink just one drink that you need to keep it cold for 14 hours, <laughs> there's probably something wrong. Yeah. But I, That's I, an interesting I just, standpoint. I keep my, um, I keep my Yeti. I just, I drink water in it. Yeah. And that's basically that's, what I put That's in. about it. I keep mine in my car for the most part because I eat in my car a lot. And yeah, I'll drive through somewhere and pour whatever I got into it. I, mine's in my truck right now, but um, normally I just kind of keep it next to the bed. Yeah, but I I exchanged it for a raw glass that says I'm single. There you go, <laughs> right next to the bed. Just remind yourself. It's like every morning. Oh, wake up. Yeah, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna kill it today. Yeah. Oh, oh maybe not. Man. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, I meant to bring you a box of chocolates, but. You know, oh, yeah. Wiley acting up kind of got in the way of that. That would have been so sweet of you. Yeah, I know. It's too late now, though. Everybody was telling me, like, you should take him a Valentine's thing. Make it really awkward. And, like, awkward? I love making it awkward. That doesn't really exist in my world. It would have just been an awkward fight between the two of us to see who could be more awkward. <laughs> and then 
downward facing dog, hot air escaping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would have devolved into. Oh man. Yeah. No. Every now and then there's those awkward moments. Um, you know, talking about going out and you know, talking to people and stuff like that and um awkward moments would be uh one time I was I met I, I met this one guy through Kel and some other uh folks and we're hanging out in this and we're having a couple beers. Across the way, there are a couple of girls sitting over there, and the waitress comes over and goes, "Hey, uh, those girls won't know if you're Justin Frizzell." <laughs> and I was—I just looked at him. I was like, "Really? I look nothing like him." And uh, she said, "Yes." Well, I, I was about to, and I actually, you know, really wanted to, but I realized <laughs> that that would probably come back on me in a bad way because he is my boss in two ways. Because I work for you know, him at the ranch and I worked for him on Texas Red Dirt Roads. That's true. Um, but no, this one guy, I just met him first time hanging out with him. He goes, well, this is Ben Ryan from 95.9, the ranch with a few other, you know, F bombs and whatnot in there. (laughs) And I just looked at him and this girl was sitting there like, okay, cool. I don't know who you are. And (laughs) she walked away and went and told those other girls. And I just looked at the guys like, Please don't do that again. That was that's that's awkward. Also, Justin's also from the ranch, so you're that's kinda, yeah, yeah. It's like they they know that, but that's funny. Um, yeah, that's that's always fun. Or here's a the most awkward moment I've ever had in radio. Charlie Stout used to come out to Charlie Stout uh, begins <clears throat> a lot of awkward stories for a lot of people. Well, he did nothing to cause this well that's the first time i've ever heard that yeah i this is totally all on me <laughs> so um i love charlie uh he would come out and do the uh charlie style old time radio hour every thursday mm-hmm. from four to five on my station in san angelo and he would always bring me a new songwriter and he wouldn't tell me who it was and he would just show up and he never brought me anybody bad mm-hmm. but he brought in this one young lady and she was playing fiddle and um we were talking, and I was like, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from Charlie Stout, and I'm sorry, ma'am. I, I do apologize. I'm going to call <laughs> myself out right now. I forgot your name. <laughs> and she told me, and I apologize and apologize and apologize, and I still see her to this day. Yeah. Because she plays in a band, you may have heard of them, um, by the name of Flatline Cavalry. Okay. And this is way before they were even a band. Yeah. From to my knowledge. And I still walk up to her. I'm like, I you remember that time, I'm still sorry. And she's <laughs> like, It's okay, no big deal. But you know, that happened and I felt really awkward about that. And people were coming up to me like at Blaine's pub later that day, like, Oh, you forgot that girl's name on the air. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, you don't have to remind me <laughs> because that's something I will never forget. Yeah. But that and doing the Scott Copeland old time radio hour, that was I bet that was full of a lot of antics. A lot of things we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was the first time the F-bomb ever got dropped on one of my shows. Yeah. And it wasn't even my show. I was his on-air producer. So right. technically his show. But And neither one neither one of us said it. It wasn't me or him. Right. And the, the reference of what it was towards was um, I was dating this girl and she had an internship in California. And <clears throat> she had just got back the day before. And they were talking about her, and I go, watch out. She's back in town. She's listening. And this other guy that was in the studio just hanging out, he grabs the mic and goes, she's just mad because you're not her on the couch. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, no. Commercial break, commercial break. 
So I had to call Kevin McCoy and be like, uh, so this happened. He goes, all right, well, we'll just keep an eye on it. If anything comes of it, then we'll talk about it more. Yeah. Nothing ever came up. Sure. So, but there were some that's funny, very interesting moments in that, like playing a song called Loving You is like frying bacon naked. <laughs> Scott Copeland had a great playlist. Oh, yeah. I think we even played uh, Rolling Stones at one point. Yeah. On, on that show. Just because. And he introed it as his favorite Texas country band. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh. That's funny. Scott's a character. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of interesting, interesting Scott moments. A lot of people do. He yep. threw my going away party whenever I went out to San Angelo. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That was scary. <laughs> I bet. What was that? Uh, not Red Goose, but um, it's over there kind of uh, in the West 7th area uh, by that sushi place. Like the streets go like that. Oh, the Wild Rooster. That's what it was. Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah. And it got Western. Yeah. And country. Both kinds. <laughs> yep. I used to play in a classic country cover band, and we used to play there every Monday. I played bass and sang harmonies. It was a lot of fun. It was me and Nick Choate on mm-hmm. guitar and vocals and Big Mike on piano mm. and Brad Swigger on drums. He played with the Bellamy Brothers uh, and Roger Ray on pedal oh, steel. Oh, Roger. Yeah, me on bass. <laughs> we did classic country covers from on every Monday for like two years. That's funny. It was so much fun. <clears throat> I had so much fun doing that. And we had one night, uh, I remember, I don't know if Roger will appreciate this story. I don't think he's listening. Uh, where <laughs> we went to Old South afterward. And at Old South, they have this uh, pancake challenge where they, they make eight pancakes that mm-hmm. are about this big. And they you have to eat all eight of them in like an hour. And Roger did the uh, Big Texan challenge mm. in Amarillo, the 72-ounce steak. He, that is insane. He completed it. He's on the website. You can look it up. Roger Ray, he did it. <laughs> and so in his brain, he's going, eight pancakes, I got that. He knew how to do it. Yeah. And so he got about one and a half pancakes in and looked down, and there was a half a pancake and seven more under it. And turns out he had only eaten half of a pancake and not one and a half pancakes. But in oh. his brain, he was one and a half pancakes in. Mm-hmm. So he starts throwing a fit. You guys brought me nine pancakes. This is horse shit. I don't, I'm not paying for this. I'm not doing this anymore. And he got really mad. And the waiter was like, I counted them. There were eight. Like, they're not going to make nine and give you, like, we're not interested in cheating you out of this $30 or whatever. Yeah. And so Roger's mad and he starts picking them up and counting them. But we're at a, a long table. He starts throwing them across the table. Please tell me there's syrup on them, too. One, yeah. One, <laughs> two. And he's throwing them, like, feet feet away. Like, one. He gets to, like, the last one from the bottom. And uh, the waiter goes, you know, I wouldn't be wrong for calling the cops on you right now. And like he snapped back to reality right then. And mm-hmm. he paid for them and left right immediately. Yeah. It was really funny. And there's a picture. Of, there's I have a picture on my, it's on my Facebook somewhere in my history of pictures of him with like a fork and a knife before he started, like with this big smile on his face with this pile of pancakes. Uh, I went to that restaurant one time. Old South? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, sorry. Oh, the Big Texan. Uh, big Texan, yeah. yeah. I've never been. Yeah. Going back to... The girl I dated that had the internship out in California, we were driving her out there, mm-hmm. and we stopped there, 
and somebody tried to do the challenge while we were there, mm-hmm. and it was just this tiny person. I was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. It's impossible because you have to eat all the sides too. Yeah, and they've got a lot of sides. Like yeah. they got the shrimp and the salad and the <coughs> bread and yeah. whatever else. Potatoes and yeah. yeah, you have to eat all of it. Uh, yeah, hard pass. And you know, a steak that big can't be that good. No, no, there's no, no way. That's so much steak. I can barely eat an eight ounce steak. If it's a good steak, that's so much steak. Mm-hmm. Seventy-two ounces of steak, and Roger's not a big guy. He's a no. very in shape. Yeah, six-one in shape. Dude. Is he six-one? He's about that. Six foot, Dang. six weeks taller than me. No, never I'm, really noticed. Yeah, he's big, big dude, and he's yeah. in shape. Like works yeah, out, is. like runs a lot. I would so. not mess with that guy. No, not at all. And so, like, I mean, you wouldn't think he would be able to do it either. But he learned. He like looked it up. And figured out some sort of technique mm-hmm. um, to do it. I don't know. He was giving me this whole spiel about it that night at Old South. Like, it's just mind over matter. You just do it real fast, and then you don't think about it. You it only like, have so much room in your stomach. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Those eating challenges are disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. I did. I do the state fair on the main Chevy main stage every year uh, in Dallas. And one year, it's maybe two years ago, three years ago, we were doing it. And during one of our breaks, they had a hot dog eating contest and it was like a professional one. Mm. Like it was like legitimate people. And they brought out like full size tarps and put them all over the stage and like taped them together in case someone threw up. I was like, this is the most disgusting (laughs) thing. And people are dipping like it makes me nauseous. Oh, just dipping it in about the it. water. They dip the bun in the water and then jam it down the throat. Uh, I'm almost, nah. I'm almost gagging just thinking about it. Wet bread is the most disgusting thing in the world. I agree, 100. percent And um, on top of that, have you seen how hot dogs are made? Yeah, I have, and it's gross, and I don't want any part of it. And so they were doing, they did that on one of our breaks, and I was just, it's so, so disgusting. People are eating like 30, 40 hot dogs. Like, where are you putting all of this? I don't understand where that, how that works. Man, when I was uh, working in San Angelo, you know, you're familiar with Blaine's Pub. Yeah. So we did this thing called Working Women's Wednesday. They had like dollar margaritas and two dollar long necks and stuff like that, and the ladies could win prizes and things. Well, we'd always have like a big competition. The first week we ever did it, the sales rep had this great idea, and I was like, "This town is not gonna appreciate that." And I'll get to that one in a minute. But one of the big events that the contest we did amongst the women was a hot dog eating contest and this one girl it was two girls decided to to go head to head against it and this one girl had two hot dogs and the other girl had already had like four she clearly won right because the other one's like i'm done two hot dogs enough and she's in the the girl that wants in there she's like can i can i have some more hot dogs i'm still hungry (laughs) and i was like and she was tiny yeah. I mean just a little thing And I was Yeah sure go for it however, Nobody else is gonna eat them yeah. However many you want But the first uh, The first time we did Work at Women's Wednesday The sales rep was like Okay This is the competition And if you win this You win I think it was like A hundred bucks Fake The best Orgasm Okay <laughs> And so I'm on stage With these girls That I do not know at all Yeah and I'm like, all right. And I'm holding the mic while they're doing this. <laughs> so I'm standing on stage in front of a girl who's looking me square in the eyes while yeah. I'm holding the mic doing fake sex sounds. Yeah. And the girl that won, her boyfriend was there. And I was like, she's good at faking it, man. Yeah, I, sorry. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. that was <clears throat> that was a little awkward. And um, 
<laughs> we got told that we couldn't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. So, yeah. That's that would be really uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I I've been on stage in front of a lot of people. Yeah. And I've, you know, fallen off a stage before. Mhm. Not drunk. I've never done that. My pants got caught on the corner. Mhm. And I went to move and it just <laughs> It was right after I was making fun of my coworker on stage. And it was actually the same stage, Blaine stage. Right. But yeah, that was mm-mm. Hmm. Howard Stern's a brave man for doing that in studio. Yeah, he did a lot of things. I was listening to something talking about Joe Rogan re- or Joe Rogan's podcast is what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a subconscious thing that just happened. I was listening <laughs> to Joe Rogan's podcast talking about uh, Howard Stern and how how much he paved the way for radio. He went to jail for a lot of the stuff that he did and, and that he had pressure handing down from the like government to stop talking about and doing some of the things that he was doing. And he did it anyway. He would get out of jail and go back and do it again. And yeah. he, then he went to satellite radio, uh, XM and mm-hmm. Sirius before they merged. And then he still had a boss. And then now he's got his, his online thing that he does and he still does it. And without people like him, there's only a handful of people that were willing to, to really do that the way he wanted to do it. Cause he started out where he would do his bits and then play a song and then do a bit and play a song. Mm-hmm. And eventually he just went, I'm just not gonna play songs anymore. Yeah. And without that, man, a lot of the, the comedy and a lot of the, the just pushing the regulations wouldn't have, wouldn't mm-hmm. have come about the way they did. And that's really cool. But he, I remember watching when I was younger, uh, watching that TV show, that was of him doing yeah. his radio show and he would, they would say some and do some crazy stuff. Oh yeah. And it was just like, how are they getting away with this? You know, but it was such a cult following of, of so many people they, that they could get away with it. I mean, there, there's certain, <clears throat> certain jocks that I've listened to that I'm like, how do you get away with saying this stuff on the air? Yeah. But it's because they've been doing it for so long and people, yeah. they have the, the, the right delivery to say that. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I could go and say the exact same thing, um, that some of some of these talk show jocks I've heard say, mm-hmm. and my delivery might be a little off, and that's when it's like, ah, yeah, want your head, yeah, absolutely. So. Well, you, <clears throat> people get conditioned that this is just how this person's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you push like, I, I heard an interesting metaphor for this recently, where if I if you and I are standing next to each other in an empty room, mm-hmm. and I start kind of leaning over at you, I'm going to lean enough that you're going to move. And then you're going to move again. And then the next time you're going to go, hey, stop doing that. And then I'm going to back off for a second. Yeah. But I've already moved you two steps. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do it again. And then you're going to go, hey, hey, quit that. But you've already moved two steps. And then I'm going to back off again until you forget about it. And eventually you're going to be 10 feet that way. Yeah. Before you even realize that you've moved for 10 feet. And I feel like that's how those people go about it. They push and they push mm-hmm. until they get the backlash. And then they go, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then they've already sit, they've moved the line from here to here. And then they push that line another to hear and then they go okay all right that's enough and they go you're right that's enough you're right mm-hmm. and they wait a couple months and then they do it again and then next thing you know he's got porn stars on there doing whatever they're doing <laughs> and people are going okay well this might be too far where uh, two years ago they were going okay well you can't say that on the radio and now he's got naked women on the radio show well like, it's crazy the way that, that people like that go about it well speaking of that you know, how about walking into the radio station and the receptionist going, hey, Playboy's in the studio with Shane. And you're like, All right. wait, wait, what? Like, 
like girls or <laughs> you you can't just say that you have to explain <laughs> yeah. what's going more on here information and more information so she's like oh no there's a, a writer from playboy here and they're you know interviewing shane so i was like oh okay cool so i went in i said hi to her but you know at first you know first thing you hear playboy's in the studio you're like yeah Phew. hugh hefner's here yep gotta go see ya <laughs> not, not so much hugh hefner <laughs> but no you do have to kind of push it a little bit uh to get people's attention. Yeah, for sure. Well, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the 90s when or 80s and 90s when Howard Stern was doing it, that was completely unheard of. Oh, yeah. The FCC would never have allowed that. And then now, I guess it's it's become, you, you if you're not doing things that are shocking people, then you don't stand out at all. Well, you know, there's a, there's a way to do it, and there's also a way not to do it. Sure. And too many people have tried to... <clears throat> people that just jump into radio... Some of them try to be a shock jock, just like right out, right. right out the gate. And it's like you can't do that. Right. You have to know how to deliver it, know how to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not like that at all. I just like the music. So. Right. But, you know, every now and then I'll say something on the air that's for our our audience is a little pushing or something like, hey, if you don't like this band, you're communist. Right. <laughs> and some people get offensive, you know, find sure. that offensive. But you've got the later night crowd. Oh yeah. That you you probably get away with a little bit more than than Shane or, or Justin. You would. should hear the phone calls I get at night. Yeah. They're so much fun. <laughs> Hi, <can> you <laughs> there's this right. one lady that calls in regularly. Yeah. Not gonna say her name, where she's from but I did a live broadcast in the town she was from. She showed up and wanted to kiss. Oh. And I was like, no. Oh, that's too bad. Um, then we got car- uh, Cardboard Box Bob. He calls me every night. All right. He's a homeless man. Every night. And he's super nice. He actually, we, do you remember we did that ranch roundtable thing before uh, Ranch Bash two years ago at uh, Boo Ray's? Well, it was pretty much all of us got together and just kind of did a live broadcast at Boo Ray's New Orleans before Ranch Bash. Mm-hmm. Well, Cardboard Box Bob, he found somebody that was willing to drive him out there, buy him a meal and a couple of beers in exchange for work. Right. And he came out to meet me. Nice. I didn't believe that he really existed until he walked up. He's like, hey, and I heard the voice. I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> and uh, he's yeah. a super nice guy. He always calls in and requests, uh, you know, Parker Millsap, something like that. Sure. And then always says, tell Mama Ryan I said hi. I'm, I'm going to buy her a beer sometime. I'm like, well, she's not much of a beer drinker, but I'll tell you you said hi. <laughs> and uh, he's super nice. He means well. Yeah. But there's there's also the um, late night drunk. Uh, I'm mad at the world, so I'm going to call and talk shit to the radio DJ. Right. And that's always fun. Actually, I had a friendship come out of one of those one time. Really? I'm still fr- uh, friends with a guy, named, a guy named Ty Cantrell. Mm-hmm. His buddy called in and was just like bitching me out for music that we played and mm-hmm. i'm just like okay <laughs> and then uh i don't i don't talk to his friend but you know ty jumped on that conversation and uh actually hung out with him over the weekend yeah yeah i mean made a friendship out of that <laughs> yeah so who knows you never know what's gonna happen yeah you never do know i have a question uh in in your and this is strictly just your opinion. I'm not interested in your in your on air radio opinion, but mm-hmm. your actual opinion. Uh, the the disconnect between Texas music and Nashville specific music. I want to know what you think about that, because my opinion is that I am not. I don't consider myself a part of the red dirt scene at all, mm-hmm. uh, but I lean into it. I'm friends with a lot of guys, and I play shows with them sometimes. But I don't have a problem 
with music coming from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my, my theory on that is that if it's gotten onto my radar coming across my desk, it's popular enough and yeah. enough people like it that it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It may not be for me, but it's not bad. Like Florida Georgia line, they're selling out arenas. You, you may not like it, but you can't argue with it. I mean, they're making money. They're making money. <clears throat> and it's a machine and the people like it. People, it's a, it's a big machine. You don't like it and I don't like it. And yeah. I definitely would never tell someone to go listen to it. No. But a lot of people do like it. Uh, so you can't argue with that. There's a lot of good music in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily just Texas, not just necessarily Oklahoma mm-hmm. or Nashville. I mean, <clears throat> and I've had this conversation with a guy named uh, Justin Myers numerous times. Mm-hmm. And kind of, and he's he's from Nashville, but he lives here. He plays music, and we've talked about the whole Nashville, Texas, Red Dirt. And you know, back when I was younger, it was like, oh man, Nashville hates you. But mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these guys are having their records done up there. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are going up and doing writing sessions up there. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, I don't like Florida Georgia Line, but there's good music that does come out of Nashville. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Sure. And one thing that I kind of, and this isn't so much of the Nashville or mainstream Texas argument, but essentially what I try to do with Sundays is I don't, I don't try to program my show for me. I try to program it for the people that are listening mm-hmm. and to help out the local music scene. So that being said, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, it's not your cup of tea, but you know, don't force it down other people's throat. Right. Um, so to speak, um, I get sent stuff from a lot of the Nashville promoters quite often, mm-hmm. and they wonder, well, why aren't you playing it? I'm like, well, it doesn't really fit, and right. you know, I don't think my audience is going to like it. Now, uh, Brent Cobb, he's in Nashville, I, I, I believe. Um, Adam Hood's always up there. Brandon Jenkins is always up there. Sean a lot, McConnell. Sean McConnell, Chris Stapleton. I mean, mm-hmm. all these guys are writing up there, and a lot of these guys have written songs that people are bashing because it's not them singing it it's right the more mainstream people singing it they don't realize that hey you know so-and-so wrote this song for that guy chris stapleton has four george line number ones Mm -hmm. and then um people don't want to hear that well sean mcconnell uh was it lie baby lie brantley gilbert Mm -hmm. covered it and i mean i can't honestly say i've heard that version Mm because i can't even look at the guy it just it, his the bill of his hat's really really short. Yeah, it kind of creeps me out. I <laughs> think it's a girl's hat, but Maybe. um, I don't know. I mean, there's so much back and forth of you know screw Nashville or you know I from what I get from people that are from there, they don't really look at Texas as a competition or really care what we're doing down here. Right, and that's what I get directly from people from Nashville. That's right. what they say. Right. Um, so I think you know if you don't like it. Don't listen to it. Let's just support our, you know, stuff here. But well, there's no direct conflict between our artists and their artists, no. and that's mostly because the Texas-based artists don't really leave Texas, and it's not because they don't want to. It's because there's they've. I think that the scene down here has been so uh, ingrained that you don't that you you can make a living mm-hmm. in Texas and Oklahoma and wherever. Yeah, but you can make an even bigger living out. Outside of you that. can, but it 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 takes a lot more work mm-hmm. because when you break an artist nationally versus breaking an artist just in the Texas music scene, it costs a lot more money. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more work, and a lot of those artists necessarily wouldn't. I don't think would translate on a national scale. 
Yeah. I think some of the Texas artists that are really good that are doing well in Texas probably wouldn't translate. Well, there's definitely there's definitely some of those outfits that <clears throat> you know, they're going to be a Texas red dirt band mm-hmm. and that's, you know, yeah. end all be all. Yeah. Um and then there's other bands that you know kind of do crossover stuff. If you look at some of the bigger guys, you know, not not to say any names in particular, but some of the bigger guys that you know started in the Texas and red dirt music scene that are just exploding mm-hmm. lately, um, you know their their Texas dates are going down. Mm-hmm. They're getting coast to coast and mm-hmm. getting on shows with you know other bigger acts, yep. and so you know slowly going national. But it takes a while to get to that spot. Yeah, and that's the logical progression. You know, from yeah. a, from a musical musician standpoint, is to is to continue to grow your audience. You don't get to a certain point and go, okay, that's it. I'm not, I'm yeah. not evolving anymore. This is it. You know. Well, and and just because you go national doesn't mean that you sold out. No. Some no. people some people think that if you're playing outside of Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, then you're selling out. Well, I have a weird theory on the term selling out, and the, I've only ever heard people genuinely call someone a sellout when it was someone that they were jealous of their success well and that's that's, that's the, where a lot of uh insults and jabs come from in general yeah is you that's know, the only time jealous. i've ever heard that i've never known any musician or artist of any medium to say i only want to play to like 20 people a night and i don't want to ever do better than that yeah because that's not how it works no you want whether or not you're interested in making money is is irrelevant. You want to share your art with as many people as possible and and influence as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. Whether money is irrelevant in in this particular argument. And so when you get to a point where you're selling out locally shows and then you get a bigger offer to go to make more money or to not make more money but to play in front of more people regularly mm-hmm. and sustain a career that's when you get all the people going, oh, well, he, he sold out. He took the big deal and he sold out. And it's like, well, if they offered you that deal, would you have turned it down? Because you probably wouldn't have. It, it's like the um, uh, Josh Weathers deal with playing. He played Trump's inaugural ball or whatever. Yeah, that was a hot topic for a little while. Well, okay, you know, whether or not you agree with, with what Trump or Hillary or whatever, and not, not to get political, I'm just using it as an example. Right. You should be happy that somebody from our area and our type of music is on that platform to share what we're doing yeah. with more people. Yeah. And that's what happens whenever these guys, they go record a record in Nashville. They might do an, a national push with single, with a single that's track number four and then do a Texas push with a single that's track number two. Right. And then the next, it's going to flip-flop, mm-hmm. you know. So well, reaching a bigger audi- audience, I think, just kind of you know helps out everybody in general it should and what going back to what josh did uh i've played a handful of shows with him since that happened Mm -hmm. uh and his his whole bit is that he is is not he's not a political person he's apolitical and so his his whole reason for doing that was it's a huge opportunity millions upon millions of people mm-hmm. saw that on tv yeah heard him sing and went who's that guy and and looked him up and especially with with this right here facebook live yeah i mean that right there you can look at it and see how many people are watching that and yeah. there are thousands millions you know whatever yeah 
that was his reason for doing and, it. And, you know, I didn't even know that he had had a lot of backlash from that until... A ton. I think Jerry said something about it. And he, There was a guy from the Fort Worth Weekly, uh, who I won't name his name, did a hack job piece, mm-hmm. a total hack piece on him about that. Yeah. And it was basically furthering his own political stance, anti-Trump political stance. What he was trying to do by saying... He was very roundabout using people's using quotes from other people to say that Josh did shouldn't have done that and what he he shouldn't have, have furthered the support and and whatever of of Trump whatever and that was the point of the article. Yeah. But what happened as a result of that article was a ton of people came to Josh's back and said this article is is shit. Yeah. Uh, Josh is an amazing human being, which he is. He's doing amazing charity work which he is, and his music is awesome, which is undeniable. How can you have anything bad to say about him just because he went and took this show? I don't know the guy personally, but I've never heard a crossword about him. No, and so. you never will. He's he's a sweet guy. He's genuinely one of, one of the best human beings that I know. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to play in his band back when it was, you know, actual Josh Weathers cranking band and it was a blast yeah and and even back then before all the charity and all the all that stuff happened he was still one of the most genuine dudes he just is he's just that person yeah and so all the people who know josh took that article personally and then all the people who didn't know josh that when that article circulated uh they all came to his rescue because they read the article and then you know looked him up and Mm -hmm. went this guy's like a nice guy he's doing all this charity work for girls in india and doing all this stuff like what's the problem you mm-hmm. know and it did i think it ended up doing the exact opposite of what what the weekly uh article writer thought it was going to do and you know unless they did it on purpose which is still up for debate some of these publications put out some stuff about you know the local music scene most of the time nine times out of ten it's, it's good right and it's in a positive manner but I think it was last year, maybe the year before, there was a, um, I'll just I'll just say publication in Dallas, mm-hmm. and I observed it, and they did a <clears throat> winners and losers of the Texas music scene mm. for that year. And uh, so... That's, what's the point? Well, and I, I get saying, I, I get writing an article and saying, hey, this is who did really well this year. Right. But whenever you're saying, okay, these guys did really well. And these girls did really well. Mm-hmm. And then you go, but these guys are losers. Right. And literally, I'm pretty sure it said losers on it. Right. And there was a lot of backlash from it. And I saw a lot of responses. And like the guy that wrote it, I kind of, I, I watched all his responses to and from people that were like, hey, man, that was kind of a messed up article. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I, I had to bite my tongue. I was like, sure. I, I'm not going to get in the middle of this. Yeah. But it was... Don't put a publication out there like that. No, there's no need. Uh, there's just no need for that. And mm-hmm. and I going back to to the Josh thing. There was just he was he was furthering his own political stance. Mm-hmm. Was all he was boiling it all down. That's what he was doing. Yeah. He was saying this happened. I don't think this should have happened in here because I don't agree with Trump. And that was all it was really about. But he used other people's quotes to do it for him. Yeah. And didn't really give Josh a fair shake in his interview because he'd sat down and interviewed Josh. And everything in Josh's part of it was super positive and upbeat and not even about anything political. It was about 
raising awareness for his charity and his cause. That mm-hmm. was all he was interested in. And then he minimized Josh's part of it and made the other people's quotes really long and then didn't really give Josh a chance to, to retort. And then, but yeah, I don't know. It, it was unnecessary. And yeah. Reviewing things is so subjective as well. Like uh, there have been a lot of, of, publications that will you know submit your record we'll review it we'll do a review of it Mm -hmm. and then but what's the point because it's just one person i don't know this person Mm -hmm. i don't know what this person likes so if this person has a huge affinity for country music i'm not going to send him my funk record with horns yeah he's not gonna like it i'm gonna get a bad review and then that's gonna be if someone googles me that's gonna pop up yep and I don't, I have no control over that. So like, what's, I just never understood the point of any of that, especially like you were just talking about doing a best and worst. Yeah. Like it's not a fashion publication. Now, You're talking about someone's life, like their life and what their, well, their, their career, their, their job, you know, yeah. essentially, you know, and there's, there's people out there that, you know, I've had somebody walk up to me at a venue one time. I was just trying to watch a show with some friends and they walked up to me and said, I don't like you on the radio. And right. I'm like, cool, man. Well, I, I'm sorry you don't. Um, you don't have to listen to me. Yeah. Turn it off. Uh, but that being said, you know, if you were to walk up to me and be like, Hey, what do you think about band a, I would tell you, well, I like them or I don't like them. Right. And if you ask me why I'd tell you, but I'm not gonna, you know, put it in an article, you know, this is why I don't like so-and-so. And right. this is why I think they're not going to do well. Right. Um, cause it genuinely doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, if they ask me that my honest opinion on their music, then I'll give them that. Yeah. And some people don't like honesty, but I mean, when it comes down to it, if I, if you send me a record and I don't like it and I tell you, oh, it's great. It's the best thing I ever heard. All right. it does is hurt you. It's yeah. like Stedman. I, I, I heard Stedman's feelings one time a while back and, uh, it was whenever the recovery album came out mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he was, um, he sent it to me. He's like, listen to it. Let me know what you think. Blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, this is good. I like this. I like this. I like this. I was like, I don't like this song at all. Mm. And he's like, oh, man, that was the one we were going to push. And he still gives me hell for it. He's like, well, here's the song Ben Ryan didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he doesn't really like say that on stage. But, he'll, you know, when him and I are hanging out, he'll just he'll say something like that. But, um, you know. Scared me. Also, was hair. We're doing a, I'm doing a So Far Sounds show later. Ah. She's going to come with me. Oh, cool. Well, um, but yeah, I mean. Brandon Stimmons' new record, uh, the one that just came out, mm-hmm. his photo shoot was the front of my house. I know. We talked about that on the air. Yeah. And um, he was saying that it was a, the front of a, a friend and local musician's house. Yeah. And he goes, I'm not going to say who. And I, just to see if I could get it out of him. Like the second segment we did, I was like, yeah, so whose house was that? And he's like, oh, Chris Watson. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Just, he, he didn't hold that resolve at all. <laughs> he kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> but no, he's a, yeah. he's a good dude, man. That new record's pretty solid. I like it a lot. And the pictures of my house look really good. Yeah, they do. And his <laughs> his uh, Canadian tuxedo looks great as well. Great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've been known to don a Canadian tuxedo myself. Well, I'm hoping... Um, you know, they're doing that, that speed dating thing at Lola's trailer park tonight. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, I, uh, Justin Myers posted on there. He's like, should I wear my tux? 
And somebody responded back with, uh, you got to wear a Canadian tuxedo. So I'm hoping Rob Redwine and and Stedman and Justin and all those guys go out there wearing Canadian tuxedos trying to find the love of their life. It would be perfect. It would be perfect. I've never done speed dating. I've never either. I was never on uh, Tinder or any of those things either. I've never done any dating sites or apps. I've never done any of them. I got some on my phone. Yeah. Well, I mean, most people do. I'm not saying it's bad. I just have never... It's never crossed my mind. It's entertaining to me. I'm Very sure it is. I've used other people's tenders before yes. maliciously, mm-hmm. and uh, it is fun. It's really fun. There were a couple of people that I know that when they go to a new town for a show, they'll get on Tinder, and they'll swipe right like it's going out of style. Oh, and yeah. And when they get messages, they'll say, oh, yeah, well, it's nice to meet you. I'm playing the show tonight. You should mm-hmm. come out. And like 30 girls will show up. Oh, yeah. And then, you, uh, yeah. And you just don't talk to any of them. Yeah. But they, like, I, they pay to get in. They're like, That's like 300 bucks in, in like, ticket sales. Right hey, there. aren't you Chris? Like, no. 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 I'm, I'm John. Yeah. My name's Mike McClure. I don't know what you're exactly, talking about. Exactly. Mac Tech. But uh, he's got a podcast. Does he? he started, oh, that's right. He started a podcast. He's more. Uh, he's got more name recognition than I do, so more people are listening to his podcast than mine. I bet they get a little more weird. I bet they do. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt that one bit. I would love to do one with him. We didn't. I was meant to talk to him about it at uh, Ryan McBride's thing on Sunday, but mm. I didn't get a chance to. He's a he's a funny guy. He is. But uh, yeah, Austin Mead did his podcast up in Steamboat, and he said it was a lot of fun. So. Yeah, Zach did one too. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. He's got some. Uh, he's got some interesting stories. Like when we were doing that Scott Copeland Old Time Radio Hour, or I can't remember exactly what we called it, but uh, Mike McClure was one of the first guests on there, mm-hmm. and it was my first time being around him. And mm-hmm. I just, I was expecting, you know, your typical musician guy, blah blah blah, whatever. But yeah. he's not your typical anything. No, no. And he had me rolling, laughing, and and just said a few things. I was like, wait, what? What'd you just say? But, <laughs> no, great dude. Always just super nice to me when I see him. Yeah. And he'll sit there and just you know, have a long conversation, kind of like um, uh, Kevin uh, from uh, Shiny Ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always sit down, have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. just hang out for a little bit. Yep. But um, yeah, I forgot what we were talking about before that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just stuff. Just things and stuff and yep. music and whatnot. Yep. Butchering but, pieces of um, literature. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's the point of this podcast. I uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed doing it, and I'm glad that you came on and do it. I think this is probably a pretty good place to wrap it up if you'd like. Cool. I still have to go to work tonight. Yeah. And you still have to play a show, right? I still have to go play a show. So far, that's in. is that in Dallas? They do them in Dallas. Uh, they also do them in Fort Worth. If, for those of you that don't know what it is, the, the sofarsounds.com, I believe is what it is. They do house concerts, mm-hmm. and you can sign up to have your house be one of them, uh, or you can sign up and buy a ticket, but they don't tell you where it's going to be uh, or who's going to be playing. Until they That's tell you, right. they tell you where it's going to be the day of, mm-hmm. and then they don't tell you who's playing until you get there. And hmm. so it doesn't matter. You're not supposed to buy a ticket based on who's playing. You're supposed to buy a ticket based on I enjoy seeing live music in a very intimate setting. Mm-hmm. So they'll bring out a, a very small Bose tower. They'll turn it on if you need it. Some people don't even use it. Last time I did it, I didn't even use it. Yeah. It was just me and an acoustic, and I was just yelling to a room full of strangers. And it's a blast because they, they make you shut up, they make you sit down, and they make you listen. And and 
it's a very attentive crowd. And for guys yeah. like me, I, you don't get that very often. A, a super intimate crowd where you can tell a story and they're genuinely listening listening to the words you're saying mm-hmm. and it was a blast so i'm doing one tonight it's just me and a bass player and we're just gonna go do it and well fun. and you know those those intimate settings like you said are hard to find because so many places that do live music are just straight up beer joints yeah and people are hollering and screaming and whatnot yeah and there's been a few times at mags actually i walked in and i and somebody would be playing a song and it would be an acoustic night mm-hmm. i think i actually did it the other night and somebody was just like yelled at the top of their lungs at me. And I'm like, Shh, somebody's playing a song up there, man. Right, and, right. And, and they were like, oh, I didn't think about that. And yeah. Of course, you know, they were wasted. But, of course. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds like a fun deal. And, they are fun. And they do them a couple of times a week. I mean, they do them mm-hmm. constantly. And so they're they're perpetuating these these shows. And it will be like 40, 45 people max yeah. for the whole thing. So that's really fun. And you just, you walk into someone's living room and you sit down on the floor They'll and you bring your own beer if you want it, or just hang out for a couple hours. And and, that, and there's usually three or four different acts. Everyone plays four songs, and you're done. And it's really it's the introduction to a lot of new music. And I don't know, it's a really cool thing. They do them in Fort Worth uh, randomly, maybe yeah. once a month. Most of them are in Dallas. Yeah, I thought ones. I saw most of them were over there in Dallas because it's all over the world, though. Oh, they do uh, like something like a, I don't, I want to say like a couple thousand of them a month. Over, there you go. over the world, like everywhere. So another thing that they promote to the artists is mm-hmm. if I'm going to be on tour somewhere, say I'm going to be in L.A. Uh, in three months, mm-hmm. they'll put me in touch with the L.A. So Far Sounds people. Oh. And I'll go out. You go out there. And sometimes John Mayer's done them. Uh, you go up to New York and some of the famous people that live in New York, they'll do them. Just show up. And play a couple songs. It's Thirty people in someone's living room, and John huh. John Mayer is in there singing you songs. Like you never know who's going to be there. I did one uh, with uh, um, what's uh, Leanne Womack's daughter's name? She's Aubrey Sellers. Aubrey Sellers. I did one with her <clears throat> a few months hmm. ago, and just I didn't even know who she was until that. And then I saw I heard her on the radio. Obviously, I knew who she was. She sounds exactly like her mother. Yes, if, you you can definitely you, tell. If I play, if you played one of one of each of their songs back to back and you said this is both Leanne Womack, I would believe you hundred yeah. percent. It's crazy. And but you know what? One thing about Aubrey is I saw a picture of her and I was like, okay, she's gonna be a little bit taller. Yeah, not no, really. She's small. No, small I opened girl. for her at Magnolia Motor Lounge a couple months ago as well. Mm-hmm. Full band and that was a blast. Was that on that Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was there. That mm-hmm. was the night I met her actually. Yeah. And uh, I was I was surprised. I thought she was gonna be taller. Yeah. But no, not so much. That was funny. That was a funny night. Uh, I had already met her before, and so I didn't really have the, you know, the the starstruck experience. And uh, was that door open already? I don't think so. I don't either. That's what I was talking about. Anyway, ghosts in this house, bro. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> the door was just cracked open. Maybe it's one of the ghosts from the ranch. I didn't even notice when it opened. I just noticed that it was open. I didn't notice at all. I mean, I got a little chilly a little bit ago, and then I guess your heat kicked on. No idea what's going on. This is... They're going to follow me to the station now. They followed you here. Well... They're, now your ghosts and my ghosts have linked up now. Well, just be aware. It's a cowboy, a little kid, okay. and a hooker. All right. So... We, okay. I don't know what I got here. <laughs> just footsteps here. Footsteps and... Anyway, so... Impressions. So there was... A, uh, Aubrey is... Uh, she's doing well, mm-hmm. and, and she... Uh, 
there was a bunch of the local female singers mm-hmm. who um, were just fawning all over her. And yeah. it was really funny to watch to me. That was the point of my story. Now we got sidetracked by ghosts and birds. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I've, <clears throat> I've never really been starstruck by anybody. Actually, one person. And you're probably going to laugh at me for this. And feel free, because it was a long time ago. I think I'd been in radio for maybe not even a year. And I went out to Larry Joe Taylor with Justin Frizzell mm-hmm. and, uh, for Red Dirt Roads. And he took me backstage, and we're standing there, and this guy walks up. I was like, I know who that is. And this guy, and Justin goes, hey, uh, this, is, uh, this is Ben. He works with me on Red Dirt Roads and at the ranch. And he goes, hi, I'm Wade Bowen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd been in radio, like I said, not even a year. I hadn't met hardly any artist yet. Right. And the first person that walks up to Justin and me standing there was Wade Bowen. And he was like, it was right when he just kind of went, yeah. And blew up. Yeah. And so I was just like, huh. But no, I mean, I met Garth and Trisha. Yeah. When they did those shows out mm-hmm. there because we did that meet went, and greet deal. I went to one of them. Cool guy. Yeah. Nice lady. Yeah. And um, I used her oven mitt last night that she gave me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Making the poppy seed chicken. Very nice. So. Full circle. Yeah. It, it works out. Yeah. So. That's cool. I don't, I think I've ever been starstruck. I've had, I've been very fortunate in my career to open for a lot of really cool people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we opened for Skinnerd, uh, Ario Speedwagon, uh, Buddy Guy and BB King, Dang. people like that. I've, I've been really lucky to play a lot of cool shows and, uh, I don't think I've ever been starstruck. I get really clammy mm-hmm. and quiet cause I don't really feel like I have anything to say to these people. <laughs> that's interesting. You know what I mean? Unless they ask me a question, I don't yeah. go out of my way to try to perpetuate a relationship with them well garth um, just walked in and right off the bat started talking college football yeah that's and cool it was like oh okay that's cool, cool. So. you're from arkansas aren't mm-hmm. you yeah so that's a you're you got a lot of college football to talk about yeah because we don't have any professional teams in arkansas right um we've got the razorbacks and that's pretty much all you care about Solid. out there now where i'm from there is a college called southern arkansas university uh-huh. but it's very small and their football team is called the Mule Riders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Mule Riders. That's a terrifying mascot. Oh, yeah, I'm so scared. But no, um, <laughs> college football season comes around, and you know it, it's kind of like living in Texas and being a hardcore Razorback fan yeah. is not the easiest thing. But Dallas-Fort Worth has one of the highest alum from University of Arkansas. Huh. And so... Uh, I do have a few people that back me on that, but most of the time it's a bunch of Aggies and Red Raiders talking smack to me, which, sure. you know, they killed us the last few years, so why yeah. not just let them go? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, what are you going to say? It is what it is. One day we'll have a good program. Yeah. I went to tech. Yeah. I'm not a tech apologist, but I did go there. I visited there, and Michael Crabtree was mean to me. <laughs> Seriously. I went to a club with some of the girls. I, I I drove up there with a girl that was a friend of mine, not a girlfriend, but a friend. Right. <clears throat> and a, fr- a mutual friend of ours was going to school up there, and so we went to visit. And we go to this club, and I mean, it's literally like a, a hip-hop grinding, mm. I have no idea what I'm doing here club. <laughs> right. And I went to go get another beer, and Michael Crabtree and his whole posse were standing in front of the girls, and I was trying to get through, and they wouldn't let me through, and I was just like, who are y'all? I had no clue who he was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, the, one of the girls was like, hey, that's our friend, you know, he's with us, blah, blah, blah. So I was the um, the token short guy that was falling around the hot chicks. Yeah. And those Solid. guys wanted wanted them, and God, he was just, he was mean. Yeah. I didn't like him. That's an interesting situation to put someone in, though. Yeah. To be mean. I would understand that if he's trying to, 
Mac on some on some girls. I wasn't trying to, you know. He doesn't. I don't know. I'm not trying to apologize for him. I've never <laughs> met him, but he uh, was kind of stupid in the way that he entered the draft and all of that. So maybe he's not the smartest guy in the world. But no. I don't. I never met him, so I don't know. They they asked him about a play one time, and I think he said, "I dreamed it in my head." Well, there you go. <laughs> he was taking advice from Deion Sanders, which is about the dumbest thing that he could have possibly done. So, Neon Deion. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I went to college when I was there uh, in '04. Uh, Danny Amendola was a freshman and on the team, and I had a bunch of core classes with him, and we were we were buddies in class. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't hang out or anything, but he just got a Super Bowl ring with New England. It was cool well, to see him out there catching passes in the Super Bowl. I uh, some dude I used to know. I was um, one of my old roommates, a guy named Lance Tucker, one of my closest friends. He, um, we were we were sitting there watching TV, and he goes, "Hey, that guy on the TV, look, I, I, we know that guy." And it was a kid that we had gone to high school with for a little while, and then he transferred to Southlake, and he ended up being a kicker for the Saints. Got a Super Bowl ring the first year wow. he was with the Saints, and I was just like, "That's awesome." Well, I wish I was, you know, making that kind of money, but <laughs> hey, I'm happy with radio. There but, you go. Uh, you know, I didn't. I actually did not finish college. Yeah, me neither. So, a lot of people ask me, like, well, "What kind of degree did you get to do radio?" I go, mm, "Just went to the bar, graduated from the school of hard knocks." I, uh, you know what? I hate that. <laughs> I hate it when people say that school of hard knocks. I'm like, Ugh, drives me crazy. <laughs> There's certain things that just that I don't know why, but they push my buttons. Yolo, yeah. ditto. And School of Hard Knocks. Ditto doesn't bother me. YOLO bothered me. That was one I never got on board with. Yeah. yeah it's just annoying. Yeah. There was something else, but I can't remember what it was. There's a lot of them. A lot yeah. of a lot of uh, idioms, social idioms that I don't really subscribe to, but I'm yeah. also 30. I'll be 31 on Friday. Really? I yeah. just turned 31. Congratulations. My That's knees a big one. It's a big uh, a little more. Yeah. I was complaining that my, uh, my hips were sore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything. I was just, uh, it, it happens, you know. It's just out. just worn out, just yeah. shot. I played a lot of uh, very active <clears throat> sports growing up, mm-hmm. so I attribute a lot of it to that. But I did some things when I was younger. Um, That's vague. <laughs> I did some uh, stuff. Okay, um, I <laughs> trained MMA for a while. Did you? Yeah, and I That's hurt cool. my knee pretty bad, that so I quit doing that. But when I was doing that, I would go and uh, train, and then after that, go do the indoor rock climbing, mm-hmm. and then go eat tacos. Tacos are good. And that was my routine on the weekend. Nice. But I also worked full-time at O'Reilly Auto Parts, so it was like right. just all day long. Kind of glad not doing it anymore. Yeah. Body doesn't get any better when mm. you get older. It doesn't seem to improve. Mm-mm. My uh, right ear is significantly worse than my left ear. I thought you were going to say bigger. <laughs> it's not bigger. It's worse because when I, I used in-ears for years with my band, mm-hmm. and I would always take my left one out. And so I would have to turn the other one up a little bit to make up for it. And so I blew out pretty handily, blew out my right ear. Okay, I got to ask you this because this, uh, a friend of mine, Courtney, <clears throat> she told I'm pretty sure it was her that told me, you know, whenever you get like that deadening feeling in your ear and you can't hear anything out of it and then Mm -hmm. it comes back Mm -hmm. i've always heard that means you're losing the ability to hear a certain pitch and she said that that wasn't true no because that would be that would never stop happening if that were the case it's weird it happened to me last night when i was walking through walmart constantly 
I have tinnitus in both ears really oh. bad. Really bad. Yeah. Listening to music too loud as a kid. Uh, I had big subwoofers in my car when I was in high school. Same. And I had, you know, putting in in-ears and all that stuff. I have it really bad, but that happens. I don't really know what causes that. It just comes and goes. Sometimes it's I'll weird. get, like, the ringing will get really loud for about 10 seconds and then mm-hmm. it'll go away. Or it'll it'll get, like you said, real muffled for a minute. Yeah. I don't really know what that is, but hearing uh, doesn't, can't fix it. No. <laughs> it doesn't come no. back around. And, I mean, I grew up shooting guns mm-hmm. at a very young age. <clears throat> and then it, it's kind of interesting when people come in studio with me and, they ask for headphones for the interview. I'll give them headphones. Well, I've got the master control for the headphones on my side. Right. And I, they always, um, I go, all right, put them on, and I'm going to put mine on, mm-hmm. and I'm going to crank it up to my level, and there's a little knob over here where you can adjust yours, but I want to get it to my level so it doesn't scare you. Right. Because I have my headphones super loud all the time. Yeah. And I realized that um, I got some feedback one time. They were. I had the headphones so loud wow. that it gave me a little bit of feedback, and I was like, "Okay, that's too loud. This is not good. <laughs> I'm losing my hearing, yeah, and my vision's not the best either." So, yeah, I just got glasses prescription for the first time in my life in December. I've had them since like third grade. Yeah, first time in my whole life, and it's only for reading. It's only for within five feet. Oh well, I've got to have mine to drive according to the state of Texas. Yeah, I don't have that yet. <laughs> But if I drive in mine, everything far away is blurry. But I wear these for, like, this kind of interaction. Yeah. My mom has trifocals, so I worry that my vision is just going to go. Yeah. I don't. I think my mom just buys the the cheaters from the grocery store to read. She doesn't have anything else. (laughs) I love love that they're they're called that. You want to borrow my cheaters? Yeah. 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 For the longest time, I did not know that that's what that was. Yeah, just reading glasses. um, Basically magnifying glasses. Pretty much. So, I don't know. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. we got about two hours under our belt here. Cool. goes by fast. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's 4.45. Yeah. No, it doesn't. (laughs) What time do you start? Uh, My show starts at 7, but, you know, I told you earlier I work for Texas Red Dirt Roads as Mm -hmm. well. And uh, I get the raw show on Mm -hmm. Tuesdays. And what I have to do with that show... Is I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before. I'm mm-hmm. Actually, you've been on it, haven't you? Multiple times. <clears throat> so you know how you know people like myself, Justin, you get to talking and rambling. Oh yeah. I have to condense. You know, there's three segments an hour. I have mm-hmm. to condense each segment from beginning song to his commercials mm-hmm. to 18 minutes on the dot. Oh wow. And so I have to listen to the entire show two to three times all the way through. Yeah. And cut out the um, like say. Because this show is going to air next week on our affiliates. Right. So say you plugged one of your shows that's this weekend, right. this Saturday, and then that show's going to air on Sunday somewhere else. Just cut that out. They don't even know about that. Yeah. Cut that out. And the rambling and the uhs and the stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm just as bad as anybody else about going, uh, uh, uh. But sure. I try to cut that out. And yeah. <clears throat> there have been a few situations where, um, see, there we go right there. Somebody didn't realize that they were on the radio or there was no delay or dump and I had to cut out curse words. Sure. So, you know, it's it's very time consuming, but I'm um, super happy to be part of that team. Because, yeah. you know, it's when a I... a great show. Well, I started at the ranch right before Justin started. And he started Red Dirt Roads and I was, you know, in the studio with him the whole time making sure everything went smoothly because it was a new system to him. Right. And... You know, then, of course, I moved off to San Angelo, did radio out there and came back. 
Justin's like, all right, you want to be part of the team again? I was like, well, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So every Tuesday during TXRDR season, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And it takes, I mean, it takes anywhere from five to eight hours, yeah. depending on, you know, if they went over on time or if um, they rambled too much or, you know, sometimes there's a segment where there's three people playing a song, but there's, they're like five or six minute songs mm-hmm. every now and then. So you got to figure out, okay, where can I cut? Where can I cut? And so it's... It's a very tedious process. You gotta sure very. You gotta have attention to detail. Yeah. So well, if you've been doing it long enough, probably comes pretty easy to you. Yeah, I'm going on nine years. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. It's crazy. That will do it. Is this the third time we're gonna say it's a good place to wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> I'm gonna have to start leaving here in just a few minutes. So yeah, and I need to get to the station too. Yeah. So uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Um, were, check out Lola's Trailer Park. Yeah. I mean, they're my title sponsor for the Sunday send-off. Uh-huh. And of course, if you're not familiar with the Sunday send-off, it's um, on Sundays from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. I bring in local talent, up, up-and-comers and new voices. <coughs> Excuse me. And this week, I actually have three guests in studio because, wow. as you know, recently I had a death in the family mm-hmm. and I had to postpone one of the shows. And right. I always have two guests in. So, uh, this weekend, Corey Hunt Band, they're actually out of North Carolina, but they do a Texas run mm-hmm. every month or two, mm-hmm. and uh, they're pretty solid. They're going to be in from 9 to 10, and then Sarah Hobbs and Jordan Isaac is going to be in from 10 to 11. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I do my Ben's Pick of the Week at, like, 9.55, yeah. which is normally something kind of weird that you haven't heard on the ranch before. Yeah. So, um, check that out, and Lola's, and I go on air tonight at 7 p.m., there all the go. way till midnight. Monday through Friday, huh? Yep. Cool. Well, thank you very much for being on. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's and, been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, dude. And I'm uh, sure I'll see you uh, sooner than later. Yeah, I'm going out of town Thursday, but I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll see you when I get back, maybe Sunday. Yeah, I'll be around. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for listening. Check me out at chriswatsonband.com. Like we said before, I'm getting back out there with some of my own stuff, so you'll be able to catch me solo, trio, full band, whatever you're interested in. And uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Ballin'.